welcome to the 329th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on March 26th, 2023. My name is Brad Galloway. I'm the editor of GameCritics.com, and I'm also 50% of this here show. With me is the man who's back from his lab after evading the authorities, Carlos Rodella. Yeah, I was up to a bunch of nefarious things, and uh, I'm back. Good, good. Uh, none of those microbes escape into the atmosphere. You're all good. Everything lab locked down securely. Yeah, I was working on like a lot of cures for things, actually. Oh, nice. Excellent. Yeah. Feel free to spread those around. We need some of those. These yeah, things. I'm just going to give them away for free. Isn't that a crazy idea? Once I that come up with a cure, yeah, I'm just going to give them away. At least $150 per dose is what the going rate is. So maybe maybe think about that. No, it's going to be zero. It's going to be nice. zero. We need nice. more like positivity in this world. Also, I'm not working on a cure for anything, but I just yes and it. Uh, I was off, yeah, just uh, chilling. And also, as you know, probably heard uh, last couple episodes, I was like so over games. Yeah. And then, you know, it takes a minute. And I think you like DM me and you're like, hey, go read a book. And I'm like, I will do that. Um <laughs> <laughs> I have lots of books. I'm yes, still that is that is true. On. I did I did actually DM you that. That's funny. Yeah, yes. and um, so I did nothing for a while, and then a couple things happened where some of the games we're talking on the show today popped up. Um, also, I've been playing. Uh, I can finally say now I've been playing Wilson for a while, which we'll talk about okay. today. All right, and then Diablo Four beta happened, so I had a couple of reasons to jump back into gaming. Oh, right on. Well, we're glad to have you back. You were certainly missed last week. Uh, you know, I got some people saying, hey, where's Carlos? I'm like, he's fine. He's just, you know, he's doing the experiments. He's cooking math. I don't know. He's in. Jeez, you gotta call got to call better answers of... than <laughs> the ones you're giving. They're not I mean, good. you know, whatever seems funny to me at the time is what I say. But we all know you were just out for a minute. Glad you're back. You were certainly missed. It was definitely a different show without you. And I, you know, I don't even want to admit how many times I like pause like a dumbass waiting for you to jump in and then you were literally not there and then i'm like oh i guess i should probably keep talking then <laughs> that's funny i actually did listen to most of the episode and the beginning was a lot of that you're like yes okay, it was here's the part where carlos would say something and now it's just gonna be me again yes that was very awkward and dumb and i, I <laughs> like it a minute, took me a minute to find my feet glad you're back sir welcome back good to have you back thank you all right all right, well, we got a lot of stuff on the agenda today, and I say we should probably just get back in the swing of things, so why don't we kick it off with some housekeeping. Everybody knows that Carlos and I share a virtual living space divided down the middle with a strip of duct tape, and last week I fucked up Carlos' side because he wasn't here. I cleaned it up before he got back. I probably left a few traces, but I don't know. I hope he won't notice, but let's get to it, Carlos. Housekeeping, what you got on your side this week? Well, I noticed, by the way. I noticed exactly I, what you yeah, did. I figured you might notice. You started yeah. stomping around on my side. You left pizza. You actually added a new pizza box because i already had one here well I, there's already 12 i didn't think you'd notice the 13th i did notice the 13th <laughs> man now i want pizza it's been a while okay it's been a while i All might right. get that today so um yeah a couple things one some infographic came out which i'm always a sucker for about elden ring okay and it said like i think this i'm probably getting this number wrong but i think it said something like People died in Elden Ring 96 billion times or something. <laughs> like like the world over, everybody. Some crazy number, yeah. I believe it. That seems realistic. Um, that seems low. It is, yeah, nice. But the other thing is that they broke it down. I thought this was interesting, especially because how many times you've died in that game for a specific reason. Wait, wait, wait. Was it, was it half of it? Was through that fucker on the horse, right, when you start the game? Like half, 50% of all deaths with that guy? Nice. I don't know the specifics. Oh, no, no. It's actually, um, how do you say your name again? Melania? Oh, Melania, Melania yeah, yeah. or whatever, yeah, yeah. The one at the very end, yeah. That, I think, is the most deaths. I believe um, 
because people keep going back to her, you know, and trying to beat her. But it's uh, it said sixty nine percent was AI and enemies, just like general, you know, mm-hmm. bad monster guys uh, and gals. And then there's also status effects uh, falling, but the lowest number, which is only two percent, was Invasions. from other players. That makes perfect sense to me because you only get invaded when you're playing with a friend. Right. You do not get invaded if you're on your own, which is mind-blowing to me. I mean, number one, because tons of people are going to be playing without a friend, and I think they would like to enjoy the sheer misery of getting invaded by people. But also, that means people who play with a friend, which is me and my wife all the way through, we took all those invasions for you. It's almost like a Jesus Christ sort of thing where I I took those things and I nailed myself to the cross so that you guys wouldn't have to suffer through that. That's me. I did that. I took those invasions. You're welcome. Well, that's funny. But the other thing is that that means that people who are playing single player didn't very often go online to kill other players, right? Because if they did, then they would have died in those invasions. So it kind of says to me that multiplayer wasn't a thing as much as, you know what I mean? I mean, I, I, don't, I gotta know. I gotta know because I, I gotta tell you, because me and the wife, we played the almost 99% of the campaign together, which was great. And I loved it, except we literally got invaded like every two minutes. And so I feel like literally every invader in the world was in queue to kill us. So I don't know how that breaks down um, because there's not that many people playing cooperatively. Uh, I mean, I, I would be curious to see how many people did that. And I don't think that um, summoning for a boss, like like if you're standing outside the boss door and you just go into the boss when you summon somebody, that to me doesn't really count the same way that we were playing co-op, which was we would just start at the beginning of a level and go through the entire level and like, you know, fight guys and adventure and explore stuff together um, where we would spend way more time together as a group, as a, as a pair. So that time, oh, dude, like never ending invasion. So I'd be curious right. to see, you know, how, what percentage of players of Elden Ring did play in co-op for a significant amount of time. That's what I'd like to know. That said, even with that, what I'm saying is if the number is, and this is from FromSoft, you know, 2%, is from other players. That means even people who are like being asses and going invading other people, they still would have killed people. And that, that killing of people would have become a percentage. And so that percentage isn't still very high. So I think that what happened to you and what happened to people in co-op was actually a rarity. Uh, and I mean, most people yeah. didn't do that. I agree. I think that we were definitely an edge case. Cause I don't think, I mean, so I, so yes, I also think that uh, most people didn't play the way we did, which is fine. But also, I think with the greatly expanded audience, I mean, I, I forget what the number is of how many copies they sold, but they sold, I mean, this was their biggest selling game of all time, I'm pretty sure, by a, a large margin. And so just by expanding that audience, not everybody who bought this game is going to be like the online PvP troll, right? And so the, the people who might have been... Uh, the PvP players from Dark Souls and they carried it over to Dark Souls 2 and, you know, whatever. Those people might still be there, but since the audience is so much larger, they became a much smaller percentage, I would guess. Yeah, because yeah. I don't think the average person is really hot to go kill other players online. Because you're, you're, you're a dick. You're a dick when you do that. Yeah, you are. Also, 2% uh, of a very big number is also like a, still a lot of people. I true, that's very true. That is true. Uh, okay, so that's a thing. And anyways, I was definitely one of those numbers. <laughs> Or we were both one of those. (laughs) Yeah, you and me both, dude. You and me both. Falling, by the way, was actually quite a bit of my deaths. Um, So GDC happened. Uh, It's weird because I used to be in San Francisco and I would go every single year. And it's one of my favorite shows, or at least it used to be, because I like going to the panels and like just learning about game development and how people worked on games and then seeing demos and stuff like that. Um, 
so anyways, I didn't really report on it or like check out a lot of the stuff at it, but I did see Unreal um, 5 demos as well as that face capture thing they showed. Uh, did you see that? I did not. I did not pay very much attention to GDC at all. The only thing I noticed from GDC was when people got back from GDC and half the people said they had COVID. That's all I right. Noticed. Anyways. Um, I mean, are you surprised, folks? Are you really surprised? No, anyway. but I don't. I'm not going to focus on that that's part. Fine. I'm going to focus on the on game that. part. That's all I noticed from GDC. Okay. Well, here's a couple other things. One, Unreal 5 demos, which is, you know, tricky because, again, not many people are still using Unreal 5. Like the games that we talk about on this show. Are we not? What are we up to? I mean, most people are using 4 or, or their own engine or, you know. Oh, are you saying because that's brand new? Yeah, it's new-ish. I mean, it, the point is it's not brand new. It, these They were just showing kind of like new things you can do with it. Gotcha. But okay. I think there's a bunch of YouTube videos I've been watching that basically say like, hey, where are the Unreal 5 games? Because they're not really a ton of them being oh, made. okay. I don't, even, I don't even keep up with that anymore, okay, well, dude. I'm just like, I, you, you could have told me Unreal 14. I'd be like, okay. Well, that's why I'm here. Okay, well, good. Um, I'm glad you're so back. Anyways, Unreal 5, uh, very cool. Some of the stuff you can do in that, procedurally generating stuff, just helping developers make cooler things. Yes. Um, Lords of the Fallen, by the way, which is that reboot <sighs> of Lords of the Fallen. Jesus. I know, we probably both aren't going to play it, but it's using some of the new kind of tech in Unreal 5. Like when you make a, a character in our RPG, which you know we both like doing. Sure. It will like just adjust the armor. So like, you know, if you make the size of the body different, it just oh, kind of the adjusts. armor grows to fit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Simple cool. things like that are like quality of life stuff that are pretty cool. Just to um, pause on just to pause on that for one moment. Yeah, Not the sure. armor, but Lord of the Fallen. That was a miserable game. Yeah, we both that didn't was, like it. Yeah. No, it was terrible. I don't really know anybody who legitimately likes it. I know some people who like it for shits and giggles or like because it's so bad that it's good, but I don't know anybody that thinks that game was really good, and I'm very surprised that these people i mean they must have made so much money being one of the earlier souls clones that they are going to parlay this into a sequel but like dude they had so many wrong turns in that game i i am 100 percent not excited in the least to see what they're doing with that next game yeah okay well we'll never talk about it again <laughs> there we go done put a done. Bow on lords it. of Fallen's off the show um the other thing i was going to mention that is very cool just kind of like objectively, I think, is the metahuman uh, animator, which is the face thing, uh, face capture thing. Show Tell me off. about it. I, have, I know nothing about this. So metahuman's been around for a little bit, and they've been working really hard at making you know the most realistic kind of face capture. Um, Hellblade uses, I think, their technology. Oh, okay. Uh, which, by the way, hopefully will be out soon this year. Xbox is looking at you. Yes, of course there is. What uh, are you living under rocks? I, you know, dude, I just like, <laughs> I haven't played the first Hellblade, right? And oh, I just, which uh, is also a sin. Yeah, I know. It's on my list. I think I own it like at least twice, if not more. And I just have not made the time oh, for it. But uh, it's just one, it's, it's not something that I'm like really psyched for. Maybe if I had played the first one, I'd be more excited for it. Well, the first one, by the way, and I'm not sure if they're going to, I mean, they're going to continue with this, but as a quick tangent, what was so, you know, really interesting about it and almost difficult uh, is that it's talking about mental health and real issues with, um, you know, the people have like many voices in their head, right? Sure. Oh yeah. And I deal with that all the time. So this is the kind of experiencing that. So it's a tough play. I beat that game and, and really enjoyed it, but it really was about experiencing what other people are going through because you use your headphones, right? And it's like lots of different voices and it changes your perspective. And um, right. and then I mix that together with like the most realistic kind of face capturing, you know, software. It becomes a real experience. So 
I, I, sh- I should go back and play it, dude. You, you know, should. I mean, so, number one, like, just in my personal life, I mean, I've worked in mental health for... I worked in mental health full time for like 12 years. And so I know all about people with voices and I deal with people like that every single day. So that's something that is real to me. And I know what that's all about because I've, you know, not me personally. I don't have voices in my head, but other people do. And I work with them. So that was a thing. So I am curious about it from that aspect. But, you know, I often play games with no sound on. Like I'm often doing something else. I got to keep an ear out. And people kept telling me over and over, you got to play this with headphones. And like, I'm just like, but I don't often play with headphones. I often don't play a game with sound on. And it just was like, if I'm missing half the experience by not having headphones, then I'm, I just kind of lost motivation to play it. You know what I mean? It makes sense. You can't play the game without headphones. You can't. Yeah, I don't you know. You mustn't I don't know. and you can't. Please yeah, do Yeah, I don't know. if they, So, I mean, so that so number one, that kind of irritates me because, right, what about all the people with hearing disabilities? What about the deaf people and people who maybe only have, uh, you know, one ear that works and one ear that doesn't work or they've got some kind of difficulty? That game is just like, they I, do. I, haven't looked, I haven't looked into their accessibility. Have they no, done I think it's pretty it? damn good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot because I turned it off, but I, they do a lot of stuff on screen. Okay. So I should look people, into that, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't say that they don't do I mean, they're all about the inclusivity of like, Hey, understand other people's perspectives. Also, there's an amazing documentary in the game. I did hear about that, yeah. It's fucking incredible. So, like, no, no. I, I love everything they're doing. Hellblade 2, this is a crazy tangent. You I should play it. it. I should I should try it. Uh, so, anyways, it. they're showing the new technology. Hellblade 2 will use parts of it. But what it does is it lets you take your phone, which has never happened before, and just face capture yourself on the phone, throw it to the software, put it on a rig, and now it's in your game. And as, it, as ease of developing tools. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah. I, and everybody can use it. Like, it's not just for, you know, uh, full on development. Like, you can use it for, I think, different other things. So, gotcha. Anywho, very cool. I think it's okay. going to help a lot of indie developers as well. Just, let's pause on this for one second because I yeah. think there's something related to this. So, this is somewhat outside of our purview, but I think it's just something worth, worth thinking about because we don't think about this enough. We often let tech run full speed ahead while the rest of us, in terms of like, culture and sociology and society like lag really far behind right and so um somebody on twitter posted this really really thoughtful article and i apologize for not being able to remember what their name was they were they were not a game person they were like a like a tech ethicist or something like that and they were like you know we are right on the cusp of not being able to tell if any audio or video that we see is real anymore because the ai has gotten so good and they're like you know yeah it seems cool but when you think about it for like 0.4 seconds that's actually highly dangerous because you anything you see could be fake. Anything you hear could be fake. And we need to start getting a control on that because with people who are not, um, you know, responsible, people who may have nefarious purposes, they get their hands on this technology. I mean, the potential for harm is incalculable, man. Yeah, I have two minds of it. Uh, I'll just I should just say yes and move on. <laughs> but I <laughs> but I won't. Um, I mean, you're not wrong. Also, when books came out, people were like, we're fucked because everybody can say any story sure, they want. But there's a large difference between a book and a deep fake. There, there, was, you know there, there wasn't then, though. There no, wasn't. No, no, no. no, that's different. No, books was because we were sharing ideas. I know. Deep fake is like if you look at a video and it's a picture of uh, Barack Obama killing a bunch of kids in Guantanamo Bay, that's fake, but it, it would look really real. And if somebody put that video out, to harm Democrats or like liberals, half the people in America would think it was real. You know what I'm saying? Asterisks to that. If it was that extreme, no one would believe it. Oh, so dude. it would have to be oh, a little bit more. You're giving people way too much credit, I think. Okay. Anyways, I will. we can agree to disagree that the books are exactly the same thing because, I, I mean, I've read enough history and I've read enough like 
fiction even and, and, and nonfiction around that time period that, you know, we've talked about, I think on the show before, they, they used to like uh, chain up books, like chain sure. them up. Sure. So oh, you yeah. can't oh, get yeah. rid of them. So, sure. so someone can't bring that message to another country and learn something and invade that country and change like the whole fucking globe. So to think that they're not as equally damaging, I, I think they are because, or they were. Well, it's the other way though, right? Because people who are in control didn't want the people on the bottom to get that knowledge. They didn't want them to learn things. They didn't want them to know things because they're easier to control that way. The Duke in his castle didn't want those dudes in his hayfield to like get uppity ideas about how much they should get for money and how they should have better conditions. He wanted True. them to think that all they knew was what there was. And as soon as those ideas got out there, that's when the peasants start revolting, right? That's when they like march to the Bastille in France and, and behead all those motherfuckers. That's why they didn't want those books out because it would get people to, to rise up from their station, which is, you know, the opposite of what the Royals wanted. Right. But, but with deep fakes and stuff, I mean, you can use it to like influence so much. I don't think it's about bringing new ideas. I think it's about perverting the ideas and, and putting false ideas out there to control the narrative. Right. Like, like turning people, like if you showed like, you know, right now, everybody's against trans people. And I, I am 100% against that. I mean, we are in support of trans people, but if somebody put out some deep fake video of some famous trans person doing something atrocious, that a lot of people would think that was real, you know, and then that would turn the tide against trans people even further, which is already too far. And then it would just push the whole political uh, cycle even to a ne more negative spin. You know what I'm saying? So it's not about sharing ideas and keeping people down. It's about controlling what we think and, and moving the needle that way. I think they, they yeah, they have their own, their, uh, what's it called? Two sides of the same coin almost in a way. They're, it's about control, right? For we're, sure. We're talking for about sure. control. For sure. So they're just variations. I, but I'm just saying, like, we can agree to disagree that they both have almost equal value at, at, at that time. Like now, almost to your e point. Equally powerful. Is, I will definitely yeah, agree with yeah, you yeah, on yeah. that. For sure. Equally powerful. So my original statement Relatively. made sense. Um, <laughs> it's like books is what I said. Yes. <laughs> Let's move on to video games. Uh, I don't think I have anything else in housekeeping. Do you? Yeah, I got some stuff here. Let me give you some stuff here. I got some quick stuff. Um, egg report. Egg report. Buck, buck, buck. I think I'm going to do that every time now. Really? Uh, okay. Maybe. I, I'm going to try it out, and we'll see. If I get a lot of hate mail, then I'll stop. But I think I'm going to try it now. Okay. Uh, once again, egg report. Buck, buck, buck. I kind of like that. It feels good to say that. Okay. Um, three eggs this morning, but we got nine yesterday at the end of the day. It was like nothing all day long, and then we got nine at the end. So now we have so many fucking eggs, dude. I, I, we can't We can't even eat this many eggs. I got to give some more away to the neighbors. So. Well, you have 12. Uh, we Oh, we had... No, no. That was nine in the day. Before that, I mean, we got like eight oh. before that, and then we got okay. like eight or seven. So we're getting about eight or nine a day, so we don't need... I mean... I like eggs, bro. I mean, I can eat some eggs, but like, I don't eat nine eggs a day. You know what I'm bro, saying? I so. need some eggs. You need to get them to me. <laughs> Should drop some off at your place, dude. Oh my goodness, I would take them. I'll I'll have to drop some off. We'll do we'll do a road trip out there. I'll drop them off. We'll do a no contact drop off. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. Oh, okay, so heads up, Broken Lines um, is one of the games that I really like this year. I haven't finished it. I had to put it on pause to take care of some other stuff, but I am chipping away at it slowly. Like I'm doing a level here and a level there. It's the one where it's like a um, a alternate reality sort of World War II-ish sort of thing where these commandos, um, they get shot down behind enemy lines and they need to regroup and they need to escape. But there's also some nefarious shit going down. Not just war stuff, but like weird, gross, like monster stuff. And, you know, you don't know exactly what's going on. Um, a lot of choices, a lot of like how you behave with each other, a lot of how you behave with the NPCs really makes a difference in the story. You can lose people. There's permadeath and stuff. So it's very tense. I really like Broken Lines a lot. And I feel like literally no one is playing that game. And I feel like people really should play that. Um, 
They have just put out a DLC. It came out, I think, last week. It's called The Dead and the Drunk. It's a, a new um, extra campaign that focuses on zombies. Uh, so if you want that, it's free. If you own the game, it's just a free download. Just update your game and it'll be right there. You have some more missions to go through that. Uh, but also buy the game, number one. And number two, play the game because I feel like literally no one on Earth even knows this game exists, which is a real shame. Um, I'm going to be honest. It's not the best looking game. Graphics are pretty rough. But like in terms of ideas structure and content i think it's pretty fucking cool i think a lot of people out there would like it so yeah i mean i I think when you told me about it i was gonna pick it up and i didn't so this is you're like reminding me uh it's five dollars on freaking steam oh my god five dollars holy shit yes if you play on steam that is if you like turn-based strategy anything kind of XCOM ish uh anything like that like squad tactics uh just give it a shot man it's it's totally it's totally worth five bucks skip that frappuccino that you were going to get later today just skip it get yourself a chocolate milk at home or just have a, a coke oh by the way those aren't the same but continue they're not they're not the same they're absolutely not the same but like dude get that five bucks into the pockets of these broken lines people and said it's absolutely worth your time i guarantee it yeah well i'm gonna pick it up oh, um thank you so check that out check that out for sure next thing uh there was a game that was up on kickstarter called the foretold Westmark Legacy. This is a uh, Lovecraftian deck builder with some RPG elements and some really cool art. I was very excited for this. I kickstarted it like immediately. Um, but they got about, I think, uh, memory serves, they got about halfway through and they decided they weren't going to make it, so they killed it. Uh, but they are going to still bring the game to Steam and hopefully other platforms. Uh, just wanted to give a heads up to people. They're looking for people to wishlist it now to kind of bump them up in the visibility. Uh, so please go over to to, uh, to Steam, wishlist the foretold Westmark Legacy. I need these people to be successful because I really, really want to play this game and I want this to happen. So I'm doing whatever I can to send some positivity their way. A couple extra bucks, wishlist clicks, like whatever. Please check it out on Steam, the foretold Westmark Legacy, uh, because I want to play this and I think that you probably want to play this too. It looks really nice. Check it out. Check I mean, out. make sure you check it out so it can happen and you can check it out. Yeah, so you can check it out again in the future. Um, quick shout out to a game I found on Xbox. It was like $1.99. It's called Island Farmer. Uh, I was looking, for, I mean, I've been kind of like you were last week where you like nothing was sticking with you and you're kind of bouncing from game to game. That's kind of how, uh, how I have been um, since I finished uh dredge which we will talk about at the end of this episode since i finished dredge i have not clicked with anything i've just been this is okay but it's not sticking this is all right i don't like this like bouncing from game to game to game to game to game and so i i tried island farmer just to see and it ended up being kind of a little treat it is a very simple uh puzzle game the best way to describe it is like a 3d jigsaw puzzle where they show you a picture of an island that also has a farm on it that's where they get the name island farmer uh pretty straightforward they tell it to you right away but they show you a picture they're like okay here's the island it's all made of blocks here's a tree here's a house here's some beach whatever and then they take the picture away and they give you a jumbled up island and you got to move the squares around and there's no there's no trick to it or anything they're just like just just move the pieces around you can swap any two pieces that you want it doesn't have to be side by side it's not one of those sliding block puzzles that everybody hates right it's not one of those it's just like you pick a piece over here, you pick a piece over here, you switch them. And if it works, uh, you get a little glow telling you that it's in the right place and it locks in so you can't accidentally mess it up. Uh, but that's all it is. It's just like a jigsaw puzzle where you're just like, okay, I remember the picture, I'm moving pieces, I'm just really calmly and peacefully moving pieces around. And it's, if you like doing a real life jigsaw puzzle, that really is what this feels like a lot. And um, 
you know, you'll get to that part where you're like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing now. I'm just going to randomly put pieces in just like you do with the jigsaw puzzle. You see something that's got like a knob and a hole and a weird corner. You try that one. That one doesn't work. You try another one. That one doesn't work. You try another one. Oh, got it. Hooray. Like it's that same jigsaw puzzle feeling. So if you want a pretty neat, easygoing, super cheap digital jigsaw puzzle, uh, I think Island Farmer is pretty neat. That's really all I have to say about it. So kind of like, I guess, a micro review right there. But it's worth two bucks. Absolutely. Yeah, back of the box. It's pretty neat. It's pretty neat. And it's worth two bucks. There you go, for sure. If I see that puzzle, by the way, when you're just describing it, I would just like jam the pieces in. Just make it work. <laughs> just make it work for Yeah. You have a little hammer right beside you just to make it fit, help it's, it along. It's abstract. <laughs> That's what I call Carlos's it. Carlos's reinterpretation, yes. Uh, final thing in housekeeping today is just a... Shout out to Death Stranding, boy. Have we talked about Death Stranding in a while? Have we not? Have we? We just talked about like the last episode I was on. Because my I wife think. is playing yeah, it. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just a shout out, man. My wife is still playing this. I'm really glad that I turned her on to it because I knew that if I could get her past the initial bullshit that she would like it. Because I know my wife's taste pretty well. And, you know, like watching her start it, it was just like this like clown car of like Kojima-isms happening. Like these like mega long cutscenes and stuff not explained and like system upon system and every button does nine things and uh, uh and then the, you get her out in the field and then all of a sudden the ghostly bts are like uh coming out of nowhere and i'm like oh man this is this is shit like this is a really bad beginning but i knew that if i could get her past the hump she would really like it and i got her past it and then she, i knew it like she she clicked and she has been having a great time rebuilding roads and delivering boxes and i'm watching her play this and i'm like god this is like this is the fucking best game, dude. Like, I'm so glad that I played this. And it is actually one of my favorite games of all time. Because, especially now, just watching this where you're in a beautiful landscape. There's nice music playing. Like, you're walking. The vast majority of the time, nothing's happening except for you're delivering boxes. And when you get there, the people are really glad to see you. They're like, holy shit, Sam. Thank you for bringing this box. I needed this extra scarf. I needed this high-performance underwear. I needed this yeah. hot pizza. You know, like, they're glad. You're doing good things. You're you're reconnecting the country. You're helping people. And like, and there's and, and even when you get into the combat, it's so like low key, dude. Like, because you get really good guns right away. You can neutralize the bad guys. You can zap the ghosts. It's not even like a thing. It's not even a problem, right? You just you keep on driving your truck. You keep on delivering those boxes. And there's just something so fucking zen about that. And even me watching her as she's just playing on the couch, and I'm sitting next to her. I'm like, God, it's like so fucking chill to watch this game. I love this game. It's like so good. It's so chill, but I, when you said it, I got all these memories because you and I both played the shit out of that game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I did a whole episode, I think, on it. We and, did. And, um, you know, when you lose your bike, especially early on, yes. or, like, you lose something to those monsters, it's not cool. Like, it isn't, it, like I'm like, oh, fuck this game. Yeah, that beginning is rough, dude. It is. Yeah, it is. Then later on, there is some parts that are enemies. I remember being really mad about a couple enemy sections, but... In general, you're right. It's relax, relaxing. I like those kind of games. I'll be talking about one today on the show. That is where you just kind of go to a place and do things that it's about positivity. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the only other thing is that it reminded me of that terrible moment where I went across the country, you know, however far I went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For mm -hmm. a delivery. Got right in front of the doorstep of the place mm -hmm. with my hot pizza. Yeah. Because that's, you know, the objects sure, are kind of corny. Sure, yes. That pizza's not hot anymore. It's definitely cold. Uh, and I tripped, and it ruined you, the you pizza. you dropped it? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it was like an hour, dude, or something crazy. And I tripped right in front of the door just because oh there's God. tripping in that game. Oh, my God. And Did you I, get a video of that, by the way? By I, no, I don't, and oh, I should. Dude. That would be cool. I would love to that watch that. That would go that viral. Video. 
Um, but that made me not like the game for a while because I was like, oh, I don't want to do that again. So. Oh my god! I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh, but that is it's hilarious. hilarious. That you is can really laugh. hilarious. Yes, it but is. I'm but, saying like it's it's equal parts that like it's weird, cool, different, positive, like you said, and at times it's just like frustrating too yeah. for me. I mean, there's definitely some frustrating parts, but I got to tell you, dude. Like I restarted um, Death Stranding after I beat it, and I got about maybe like a third of the way, and then I had to do you know review shit or whatever. But watching my wife play it again, I'm like, ah, oh, God, I want to play this game. <laughs> I want to play this don't, game again. Don't go back. I feel like I'm going to restart it because I really oh want to be delivering boxes gracious. again. I fucking, it's so fun. I just, oh, whatever, you know, do Something it. about it. Something about it. But they did announce Death Stranding too. Who knows? Is it going to be another 10 years in development? Is it going to be two years? Who knows? But man, I'm excited. Hopefully they don't go whack with it, right? Like Kojima's kind of out of control right now and hopefully he can just kind of maintain because I'm afraid he's going to go way too far off the deep end and he's going to lose that magic. But we'll no, see. no, no, no. Okay, so I know. I've been doing this for a while, just like you. Um, that game is going to be Death Stranding 2, like, for real. Like, it's just going to be Death Stranding again. Just this, more Death Stranding This again? is my, you know, hot take, asterisk. <clears throat> put it next to the, you know, when it comes out. It's going to be more Death Stranding. And it's going to be more crazy above the top or over the top uh, cutscenes. But it's going to be that gameplay with, like, added stuff, I bet. I, I don't mean, think I it's would... going to be anything different. I mean that I would be one hundred percent on board with that. I could I could deliver boxes for another hundred hours. I'd be happy, man. They're going to do that. that. They're going to make different things, but it's going to be that. I bet. Yeah, I will say. I will say one other side note. Um, as I'm going watching my wife go through the story, she's always like, "Oh, is this gonna is this gonna amount to something?" Every time I cut scene, I'm like, "No, nah, he doesn't come back to that." She's like, "What? What about this?" Nah, he drops that. What? Like it's it's cr- when you go back and just look at the script like objectively, when you see how many threads he starts and absolutely doesn't finish it is mind-blowing yeah how much stuff he doesn't finish and the biggest thing of all is bb right like you've got that baby strapped to your chest it was like the iconic image from that game and they do to be fair they do circle back around to that at the very end of the game right but like all the way through she's like am i gonna talk to the baby some more is the baby gonna i'm like nope nothing happens when are we gonna you know, like she keeps waiting for the baby to be incorporated, which is absolutely what I think everyone expected when they first went through the game. And I, I keep disappointing her being like, nah, just, they ignore it the entire time. Don't worry about it. They're not going to talk about it. Nope. That cutscene, ignore that because it doesn't mean anything. And I, it's crazy to me to see how they had this perfect dynamic of Sam and, and the baby. That could have been the whole game right there of just developing the baby, the relationship back and forth. It's it's really weird looking. It's iconic. It's strange. And they don't do anything with it at all. Like yeah, that, for right. 50 hours. It's so whack that they don't do anything from a storytelling perspective. Absolutely bonkers. You know what so, it could have been? It could have been that uh, thing you did in school where you had to like wear like eggs on your... Yes, you take care of the egg for your something. project. You don't crack the egg. Totally. Or like a it. bag of... They would do other things like a bag of flour and stuff. It, but it was mm-hmm. just like a thing. Like that's all that baby yeah. is really it's, yeah. yeah they could have done that they could have done more di- dialogue they could have been it could have been bb does different things based on if she likes you more or there i mean there's like a million things or even just the dialogue there could have been more cutscenes of hey how's it going baby let's check in real quick and just it's nuts up, that baby? they don't do any what's up baby they don't do anything with it it's oh it drives me crazy what's that up they didn't baby do What's is up, a good uh, podcast name. What's up, BB? Yes. Anyway. Um, yeah, but I, I know, well, I've gone on record saying I despise the BB, but yeah. I'm, I know you did, but man. Oh, 
can't can't I don't want it don't want to deal with it and I don't like that part of the game. But anyways, but anyway, check out <laughs> Death Stranding. Check out that's Death our Stranding. take. A little small indie game you probably never heard of. Okay, that's all the housekeeping you got. Anything anything last from you, Carlos? Any last bits? No, I'm sweeping right. up. Let's get out of here. Sweeping up. Moving on to the main content of the show. We're here, episode three two nine. Carlos, you're kicking it off with a surprise game as you like to do. I don't know what this is. This is the first time I'm hearing about this. What is your surprise game, sir? In my search for a game to make myself <clears throat> feel good and reconnect with games, uh, I was looking for, obviously, an RPG-ish type thing. Popped up on the store, which I think it's on Xbox as well. Maybe not. We can check. Uh, it's on Steam, and it was on PlayStation. Uh, it's a game that came out in 2001 originally. Whoa. Whoa. Yep. And it was not fully remastered it's like 60 frames now but it's pretty much the same graphics maybe a little bit better uh but it's more about like they were like hey this game is this crazy old school rpg kind of thing third person Dude, action suspense RPG. is killing me here man come on i know well, hold on let me build it <laughs> i can't take no more suspense that's what yeah that's why you build it so i'm building <laughs> so anyways it's a dark fantasy world third person hack and slash kind of rpg no real leveling up just kind of like Hack and slash, find the better weapons, keep moving. Short levels. And I was like, okay, I'm in. That's really interesting. So I picked it up. It's called Blade of Darkness. Blade of You've Darkness? You've never heard of it. I don't know. I'm going to look it up. So it came out in 2001 uh, for the computers, you know, uh, Microsoft Windows or whatever. And then um, this is the remaster of it. Again. Wait a minute. Is this the one that the, that the PR people were trying to say, well, this was actually Souls before Souls was Souls? Is this the one? I don't know what people, PR people say. I think that's this one, yes. But what I was going to say, <laughs> which now you've ruined. Oh, no. Did I steal your, did I steal your thunder? <laughs> well, because that was my original thing. I had no idea about this at all. Randomly found it. It. I started playing it. Yes, yes, yes. yes it's yes, from 2001. Yes. I was like, oh, this is a Souls game before Souls games. But then, what, that's why I brought this to the show, because we're going to go look at Wikipedia real quick and see it from Soft uh, is catalog. So it is before their first Souls game. So that they're not yes. wrong there. Uh, Demon Souls of 2009, I believe. 2008 or 2009. I'm double-checking. Demon Souls of 2009. So this is eight years before a Souls game. So those a PR people, Souls game. Yeah, yeah those sure. PR people are correct in that statement. And when I was playing it, I was like, oh, this is Souls before Souls. That's what I just thought in my head. Um, and that's what it is. But the thing is, there's two differences. One, you can pick uh, four or five different people in the beginning. You know, <clears throat> mage or whatever, a knight, barbarian. Of course, I went right to barbarian. But each one is its own little level. So basically like oh, okay. mini stories. Right. Oh, so they don't they don't you don't pick one character and go through the campaign. You have no four characters with their own each their own campaign. campaign. Yeah. Oh, and it's okay. in, in their own starting position, own place. Um obviously limited graphics, limited assets. It's not like wildly different. But that was such a cool idea to me. Like I don't know if I've played a game like that. Um I wanna say ever. I don't know. It's weird. There's some like Dragon Age, the first Dragon Age kinda did that sorta. No, but this is different because I just different played than- it. It's like you finish that story. You like I'm the knight. And I do this thing, and it goes through the whole thing, and I get the perspective of that night, you know? Yeah, yeah, And beat yeah. a boss, and that's it. And even the bosses are different. Like, I played the Barbarian, which was kind of a mistake, because it's actually one of the longer ones to start with. Okay. You're supposed to kind of just probably pick the night first, because it's like a shorter mission, which I think is a cool idea as well. Like, you you know, you get the idea of the mechanics, you get the idea of the Souls-like gameplay um, before Souls, and then you... 
you know, see that it's difficult and that it's not about leveling and you know it's about like finding the best weapons, going to the hidden places and finding extra things you need, and then being smart about how you traverse the landscape. It's a little clunky. Obviously, it's from 2001, so the controls are still a little clunky. But they have things like, um, you know, even like this 2001, like dismemberment. So, like, I just start with one of my first uh, foes or some monsters, and I just cut their heads off. Not every time, you know, like you still just damage them normally. But I did this certain swing because you swing differently. So like you push left and attack and it's a different swing. Right and attack is a different swing. Also, I don't know many games that do that um, in this setting. And like up and down are also different swings. So one of my like crazy swings like cut off their heads and then they like slowly dropped to the ground and fell. And I was like, damn, that's even good for nowadays. Hmm. Um so I like just the physics of it a little bit. I like the the difference of how you swing your weapons. And it did feel like Souls because it was like, oh, I've got to think about each encounter. Not necessarily like Souls and where like every skeleton could kill you. They could, but there are like easy monsters too. You know, is like, there is there like stamina and stuff? So like when you say like Souls, I guess we should clarify that a little bit. So like I haven't played this game. I have seen this and we did have somebody at Game Critics review this when it hit PC, I think last year. Um, so, so what do you mean, like specifically? Like, I hear you saying like the weapon attacks are kind of different based on which way you swing and stuff. But like, what other what other elements are kind of souls like here? Just for people who are listening. Well, what's not souls like? Because just to put that out there is like it's, this is not an RPG in that way, right? You're not leveling and making your character better. You're just finding better weapons. Um, you are getting. I think there's a couple upgrades now that I'm remembering uh, with some abilities, but they're again all within that level. Like you're trying to beat the game in these little mini games, right? So it's like, it's a little different in leveling. And then the similarities are that, yeah, you it's easy to die, but if you're smart about it and the enemies aren't all difficult, like there's some that are just easy to kill, like in one shot, right? I think that's the difference, right? So Souls, I feel like even a skeleton could have like a crazy damage meter. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is like, oh no, there's that monster you can kill in one shot. Just don't be cocky, you know? So I think that similarity of don't be cocky know what you're doing, you know, um, watch around the corners and stuff like that. That's kind of there, uh, which also, again, predates Souls. Now, we're going to make this kind of a dual review. Kingsfield would be what people probably want to bring up. Yeah, I was just going to say that. From FromSoft that was before, by way before. Like FromSoft did Kingsfield in uh, 1994. So the first the first Japanese one or the first American the one? PlayStation one was 94 uh, and I played it. I'm pretty sure I played it. Yeah, um, they did one even before that that never came out. So we got Kingsfield 2. They called it Kingsfield 1 here, but there was even a Kingsfield before that. OK, then we got Kingsfield 2, though, which is weird. Yeah, we did. We did, which was actually a different Kingsfield. So they, uh, they, okay. they staggered the numbers because we never got the original one. I'm bringing this up, making kind of a dual review and just kind of a fun history uh Thing. That's why I played it as well. I but love history. Kingsfield was first person. Yes. Uh, this is third person. So yeah, in in for by all accounts, this is one of the first like if you want to call them Souls like games before they were even that. It was one of those types of games, and I was just it was a pleasant find. Um, very interested in the like history of games as well. So I think for anybody just want to see like what early difficult RPG type games were like. Uh, it's it's a cool play. I mean, it's pretty cheap. I don't know how much it is right now. Um, check out check on Steam, and it's like fifteen bucks. I think it was like twelve dollars on sale on the PlayStation. All right. Uh, it's a cool history lesson to play, but also 
pretty damn fun. And a few things they're doing in the game, I still don't see other games doing. Like the swinging of different directions, right? We're not really doing that in RPGs much. No, you don't see that very often. I mean, there's been a couple, but it's pretty rare. Rare yeah. once in a while, yeah. yeah. And it, it made me feel like I could attack it in a different you know, way. And then if I did it the certain way, like I beheaded someone or I cut people in half. And I was like, damn. So fun-ass game. It's like really a really interesting find. And what I was going to say earlier, like not all the bosses are the same because you're in different scenarios with different characters. One of my last bosses was like a room that just like locked on me for the barbarian. <laughs> that was it. And like. No, no, wait, wait. wait. We, oh, no, wait. you got to pause. That's fucking amazing. Because it just suggests to me that your barbarian is kind of like slow and dense. Maybe he's got a lot of muscles, not too much oh, up top. Nice. Gets inside a locked room and he's like, bah, lock door. Can't do it. You, you How do I get way. out? He's I am the Hulk defeated. That is fucking okay. awesome, dude. I so love I that. didn't finish my statement. Let's go with that as the answer. That is so that's funny. funnier. Oh but the room locks and then skeletons come in the room. And then you have to I kill all the, the skeletons. the locked door is pretty good. Okay, but that's not real. Um, you should make a you should make a clip of that like make a video of that that would be fucking balls funny dude bro back to your beginning if i did a deep fake of that <laughs> and it's just the room people would just believe that that's the room they um, would it would totally would. fool everybody they would but it is funny because like you know back to that point of like bosses not being you know the same it's like that was for him that was his which is scenario. pretty cool i like that concept i love that sure. so there's so many cool concepts here i would like to see in new games i think that's another reason i played it um so yeah, check it out. And also, to go back to uh, FromSoft, uh, it, you know what all those people, PR people, are saying—they're not wrong. Uh, Kingsfield was a totally different. It was like a dungeon crawler game. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you know, and that wasn't this style of game. So you know, I think they're right. But ever, ever Grace and Eternal Ring were games I always saw in the store and I never bought. Mm. They, I did, I didn't know they were FromSoft. And, and why would you? The FromSoft wasn't really anybody that anybody knew back then. So right, right, that's true. Um, but so now, do we go back and play them? I mean, I have played them, so I've played. I think I've played literally every FromSoft game. Um, I don't know that you would want to go back and play them because they're kind of uh, Eternal Ring is kind of a playoff of uh, Kingsfield. It's like a first person. Um, and I think that the thing that just to be to be clear about it, uh, I think the thing that soul the souls like connection between kingsfield and souls is that there was like stamina based swordplay there were interconnected levels and there was a really steep difficulty curve so if you took dark souls and made it first person like you would get a very very close approximation of what kingsfield is they just pulled the camera back and then you know did a little bit more work and then that kind of became Souls. so that's kind of i think what people refer to when they say that kingsfield was the progenitor of, of souls which i think is correct i don't know how Blade of Darkness fits into that. Um, it's also called Severance, I believe. It's got two different titles. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I'd be interested to check it out uh, just to see like what their concepts were. But do you know if these developers like did anything with it, or have they have they did they have a sequel, or did they keep exploring this kind of territory? I'd be curious as what else they have done since then. Oh, that's a good call. Um, published by Codemasters, Rebel Axe Studios. I think we can look that up with the internet. Uh, Rebel, Act Rebel Act Studios. Rebel Act act rebel act okay uh oh yeah there is severance blade of darkness so i guess i was just saying blade of, well i guess it's no it depends on which country you brought it in yeah they kind of changed the title a couple times uh games uh publication to, to, to reception development oh wait they're just talking about severance i want to talk about their many but games. the studio yeah i mean yeah. we should have done this beforehand because this is really exciting podcasting no it's real time real uh, time 
real time. Rebel Act Studios on Giant Bomb. Here we go. Yeah, I think they made just that game. And didn't do anything with it, huh? Interesting. Well, they did something with it. They published it. They put it out, and people bought right, it. Right, right. But, I mean, they didn't, um, you know, Red Black Part 2 or, you know, the Severance right. Part 2 yeah, or anything. Continue. They didn't develop anything They're that. They're uh, in Spain, uh, oh, Spanish developers. So, anyways, let's. Uh, <clears throat> I just want people to check it out. Again, history yeah, lessons. Yeah. I just looked up video real quick while we were talking of Evergrace, and it is third person. So Yeah, Evergrace is, yeah. And why I say, like, should I go back and play games? This is actually a good tangent. I think more people should, not because it's going to be better, because there are you know, different dynamics, there's early game development, uh, it, it's obviously lots of times could be worse and like clunky and hard to play, but I think for the history of games and understanding where games come from, it's just like reading old books or watching old movies. Like, yeah. You can't tell people, like, don't watch old black and white films. It's Nowadays, it's better, you know? So no, I, no, I agree with you 100%, dude. Yeah. I, I am absolutely yes-handing. I think that... That is a key part that we are missing in the medium of video games, right? Because there's there's book studies, literature studies, English literature, Greek literature, whatever. There's film studies. There's music studies. You can take a class on jazz. You can take a class on classical. And they talk about, like, who were the big names? What did they do? What were the things they brought to the genre, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Do we even have anything like that? I know there's some like basic game studies, but not in the same way of like, oh, like 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 you're just talking about here. You were talking about Souls a second ago. Oh, well, let's look at Blade of Darkness. What did they do? Did this somehow influence FromSoft? Maybe it did. Let's look at uh, you know, Eternal Ring and let's look at Kingsfield or whatever. Like how what what are the, the, the what's the arc of development that these developers took? And then you kind of learn to see where they're at. I was actually literally just talking about this very specific thing with somebody yesterday. And, you know, we were talking about, um, where was it? It was talking about, uh, like, Nier or whatever, right? So they were saying they had played the newest Nier, and I'm like, oh, well, I played the other ones. And we were kind of discussing how you could see the trajectory of how the development had gone and, like, why the choices they had made. Um, if you go back, and not a lot of people go back. I mean, number one, it's sometimes difficult to find older games because... Yes, I was just going to say that. Yeah, like, you can't just pick up a book or watch a movie. Uh, you have to like find compatible hardware and did somebody license it? Which version are you getting? Can you find a copy of it? Blah, 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 blah. So it's hard to do the research, but I think that's really something lacking in the field of games. We're losing so much history and we don't know where we came from. And we kind of keep doing the same things over and over when we need to be building on what we've done and move forwards. But it's so hard because it's it's hard to access that stuff. And also we have no one to even um, kind of curate which games are really worth looking at. Um, but I do that myself. I mean, like, like when I uh, find a new developer, uh, it, it, as a, <laughs> ironic, ironic that you say this, Carlos, because I am literally going to talk about this exact thing in two games, three games from now, four games from now. Today, on today's show, we didn't even plan this. Didn't plan this at all. And yet we're going to be talking about this exact thing. So maybe put a pin in this. We will absolutely talk more about this. I guarantee you. Put a pin in it. Um, and also, uh, and I'm glad I brought it up. Uh, Kelsey Lewin works with, uh, you know, game history as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frank Zafaldi, yeah. Yep. And then we have the National Video Game Museum. <clears throat> we have people who are trying to work on that stuff. Uh, we need more of it. But to your point about, like, just being able to play the game, now I want to play Evergrace because I'm looking it up, and I just saw a Reddit post about someone who just beat it, uh, you know, after trying it, like, 20 years ago or something, and said it's an amazing FromSoft game and – uh, yeah, like having this great experience with it, but yeah, how do I play it? Because it's a yeah, fucking where do you go? PS exactly. one game or PS two game, and so it's like that's tricky. And we we never did a good job of like putting early games online uh, I know, for everybody I to know. play. Although PlayStation is doing some stuff, Xbox is doing some stuff with you know back compat. Um, so I will actually look later because PlayStation just added a ton. 
So maybe it's on there, but yeah. Anywho, uh, we'll talk about it later. But there's my Blade of Darkness from Soft discussion. Right on. That's very, uh, very interesting. I bet a lot of people listening to the show will be very um, intrigued by seeing what this game brings and, you know, seeing if it has, if it plays any role in the legacy of this genre. Pretty, pretty good call there, my friend. It plays, yeah, yeah I'm saying it does play a role because I just played it. Yeah. <laughs> especially, the, especially the barbarian place where he gets the room gets and he stuck can't in get the locked out. door. Yeah. I love the locked door boss. That's amazing. Okay. Uh, moving on. Uh, okay. So, first, uh, I had, okay. So, I had a theme. I started out thinking about this show with a theme, uh, but then I got a couple other games that popped up, and I'm like, well, that fucks my theme, but I guess I should probably talk about these games. Anyway, so this one that I'm about to talk about has nothing to do with my theme, and I'll okay. get to my theme next. This is just a random game that somebody mentioned, and I felt like uh, I should probably talk about it. It's Elekhead, E-L-E-C-H-E-A-D. Do you know this one? I don't, and I'm looking it up now. So Sanitan Mishra, uh, who is a developer, I've known them online uh, for a while, uh, they are a developer at Witchbeam. They made Assault Android Cactus. Android Assault Cactus? Assault Android Cactus, which is a cool little shooter, which I really thought was pretty fun. Very cute. They also published uh, Unpacking, which was the indie hit, I think, what, last year, two years ago, whatever, about just, like, putting things away when you unpack them in a box. You remember that? You played that, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I played that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so he came back from GDC, and he's like, yo, everybody in the world needs to play Elekhead. I'm going to show this thing forever. And I'm like, oh, yeah, right. Like, I remember seeing this come out a couple of years ago. Um, and a full disclosure, I did contact PR and said, hey, I would love to cover this. Uh, never heard back. They didn't send us a code. They didn't even respond to my email. So I ended up forgetting about it because I get 50 or 100 emails a day. And if nobody responds back, I don't have the time to circle back. I usually fire off one email. And if that connects, great. And if it doesn't connect, then I just move on with my life, right? So I forgot about it. But he is someone I respect, and he's like, yo, you should check this out. So I checked it out. It's like $8 on Xbox. Uh, it's probably on Switch. It's probably on PlayStation. I know for a fact it's on PC. It's probably on Itch, I believe. Um, so what is this? It is a 2D platforming game. It is uh, very simple and straightforward. Uh, the premise is that, uh, so there's no word. There's no talking, no dialogue, no story, no text, nothing. It's just visuals. Um, and so you play a little robot. Your robot is full of electricity in his head. His head, as the title tells you right there, Elekhead, all the electricity is in his in his head. Uh, anything you touch gets electrified, and the whole world is made of metal. So what this means is, as you go through, again, 2D, very Mega Man-like in terms of design and stuff, uh, there will be a platform that you need to reach. You cannot reach the platform because it's too high. But if you touch the wall that the platform is touching... Electricity runs from you up through the wall to the platform and it powers the platform and the platform will come back down. Or sometimes there'll be like a room full of spikes, but there nothing's happening. But as soon as you put your foot on the floor, you electrify the floor, the electricity goes into the floor to the spikes and then all of a sudden it's dangerous. And so you have to figure out, oh, where's a safe place to step or do I have to time my jumps or something like that? So it's a pretty cool premise. Um, pretty soon afterwards and full disclosure, I'm not, I'm not finished this yet. I'm about halfway through it right now. Uh, probably a quick play, I'm guessing maybe two, three hours. Uh, the, the other thing you get is you can you get the ability to throw your head. And so since your head has all the electricity and your body doesn't, sometimes you need to like, for example, throw your head up in the air and then the electricity goes with the head. It's not touching anything. The room becomes safe. You run through with your body because nothing's happening. And then you catch your head when you're you know past the, the, the danger zone. Or sometimes there's a platform above you you throw your head up onto it and then it electrifies a platform to bring it down and you get your body up on top of it. Mm. So it's pretty clever. Um, it's a very simple premise. I don't know if there's more tricks to it later, maybe so. But this is a perfect game where the developer had an idea of 
uh, of robot is electrical and they are going through like every single possible permutation of what can I possibly do with this? I can throw the head. I can make them put the head down. I can duck below the head. I can, you know, I can run without the head. I can do, you know, like they, like every possible idea you could possibly have with this thing they're going through. And it ends up being a little bit of a platformer, but also a lot like a puzzle game where you'll get into a room where you're like, Jesus, how am I supposed to get past this? I don't figure it out. Like what's happening. And it takes you a while to kind of figure out like, what do I need to touch or what should I do with my head or what's happening? And then you finally figure it out and you're like, Oh, okay. Got it. That was super clever. Uh, or, or like me, You'll get to a couple rooms and be like, dude, I, I can't figure this out. Uh, walk through. And then you get, and then you feel dumb afterwards. You're like, oh, I shouldn't figure that out. That was very obvious yeah. in hindsight, you know. Uh, but it's really great. I think it's really cool. It's super clever. I love that they're doing so much with so little. I love the the very thorough exploration of this concept. And I feel like it's just, it's really cool. Like you see the iterations of the puzzles and the way that you manipulate the environment and stuff. Really, really good. I think it is really good. I think uh, Sanitan was correct to... Uh, to be cheerleading this so hard and I definitely think it needs more people also it would help if they answered the PR emails so please do that in the future folks that would probably help get people to get some eyeballs on your game just you know just saying uh, but yeah 8 bucks on Xbox I think it's 100% worth it I think it's very cool and original and fresh and I think a lot of people would dig this one check it out um, I just checked out the graphics and yeah super simple mm-hmm. and my favorite part is the, seeing the body run around without the head it's pretty fun. That yeah, is adorable. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's like great. a mechanics game. It's Absolutely. Like, 100% a mechanics yeah. game for sure. Exactly. All right. That was a leg head. I got, okay. So now I'm going to start my theme, right? So this, this, this show's theme is going to be cosmic horror under the sea. That was my theme. Uh, I like cosmic horror, Lovecraft stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm 50, 50 on underwater stuff. Sometimes I like it. Sometimes I don't. I'm not like, you know, an oceanologist or anything like that. But uh, I think that you'll see the thread. You'll see the thread here. So the first game I'm going to bring up is one I've talked about before, Elder Sign Omens. We've talked about this before. This came out, I want to say maybe 10 years ago. Um, It is an adaptation of a board game, but it is based on the Lovecraft mythos, uh, the Elder Sign and Lovecraft and Elder Gods and all sorts of stuff. But it's it's like a board game adapted to, uh, you know, electronic status. I first played this on my very first iPhone back in the day. And I love that this game kept me up for many, many late nights um, until I finally uh, defeated Cthulhu and then I moved on to some of the DLC. I never finished the DLC, uh, which I come to find out is ranked as crazy hard by the developers. It is the hardest level. So I didn't finish the hardest level, but I did everything else. And I want to just come back to it. I think it's really great. You can get it on Steam. I think it's the only place to play it right now. I don't think it's compatible with modern phones. Um, But basically you see a board. It looks like a top-down picture of a museum. And there's little rooms. Um, so just picture like a board game, like an actual board game. You have four investigators. You can choose from a, a panel of investigators. They all have different abilities. Some are tougher mentally. Some are tougher physically. Some have some sleight of hand tricks they can do. Some uh, can see the future, etc., etc., etc. You pick four out of this pool, and then you go into this board. Now, I will say, um, I haven't played this in a long time. Uh, I just thought of it recently, remembered it recently, and I picked it up on Steam uh, but I remember loving it back in the day. When I came back to it now, boy, that tutorial is garbage. It's terrible. Um, I don't know the real board game. I have not played it. I bought it, and I have it, but I've never played it because I just don't play board games. Um, but I do buy them, apparently. I know. I was going to say, okay. Yeah, I, I buy many board games, and I never play them. I guess I just like the boxes. I'm stupid. <laughs> I should save my money on other things. Anyway, um, so you start playing the game, and boy, they don't explain, like, anything. And I'm like, wow. 
Was the tutorial always this bad? How did I even play this before? How did I learn this game? I don't remember what happened. Um, I must have looked it up or something um, because they don't explain shit, which is a real big problem because it is not very intuitive uh, unless you are familiar with the board game. So I will say that is a problem. You can find tutorials online, which really explain a lot of stuff, specifically for this version. Um, and I think that's good. So definitely do that. But once you get into it, I think it's really cool because they incorporate like dice roll mechanics and they have a lot of like just real mechanic heavy things where you'll you'll meet a monster and instead of fighting, um, you'd have to roll dice and it'll be like this monster takes um, and it's not regular dice. It's like dice with pictures. It'll be like it takes one scroll and one tentacle and one elder sign. And if you roll those, then you can defeat the monster. And if you don't, then you take a penalty and you like try to roll again. So it's kind of like those kind of mechanics where mm. if you like dice roll and like luck, you can do that. But also there are things that can tilt your luck. Like some people have more favorable rolls a certain way. You can um, save some dice in case you roll like maybe half of what you need, but you didn't get the whole thing. You can put some of those, um, put a pin in those and save those for the next roll. And there's little items you can get that like boost your roll. So you can do things to like tilt favor your way. It's not all just straight up luck. Uh, but I think it's really cool. It's really fun really focus on mechanics really straightforward um it sucks that they don't teach you the mechanics but once you understand what you're doing i think it's really um, a well put together game if you like cthulhu or lovecraft or something i think this is a really good interpretation of that where you still get the flavor there's lots of different elder gods to fight um using each individual mechanic is pretty cool there's insanity mechanics there's health mechanics there's uh like research and lore and stuff in here but it's all it's all really just about the dice rolls which is kind of a cool way to break it down and and doing something different because being someone who loves um, like Lovecraft and that cosmic horror stuff, too often um, people do first person shooter or first person horror and first person psychological. And I'm I'm so tired of that, bro. Like you play you play five of those. And then after a while, they all seem exactly the same. Dark hallways, tentacles going yeah. crazy. Like it's just, dude, there's just there's not enough to differentiate them. So I'm really into people who want to take this content, the cosmic horror and do something different with it. This is very different with it. And it's, it's really outside the box. Uh, I still think it's worth a recommend, though, and I, I feel like it holds up really well, even despite the age and despite the poor tutorial. So <laughs> Elder Sign Omens on PC. Um, I'm not going to say it's an easy play. You're going to have to do a little work. But if you want to check something out that's not a first-person cosmic horror, this is definitely worth a look. I was going to say you said outside the box, but it's actually also inside the box. Cause it is inside the box. A yes, box exactly. game. Exactly. Um, this reminds me. So my buddy Dan uh, runs a sh show. It's not still online called Going Analog. And him and his wife uh, and a bunch of guests review board games. Everybody should check that out, by the way. They're still going strong. Check it out. Um, I actually helped them with one of their first videos uh, when I was in SF. But anywho, um, yeah, he actually introduced me to all these like Arkham Horror and like these you yeah, know, yeah, exactly, creepy exactly, yeah. board games that I played a ton of when I was down there. And it is what you just described sounds like it. So it's like they're just... They're going for the market of people who liked, or they did, because it's in 2011 it came out. Yeah, exactly. Um, going for the market of people who already either know the game or just like know board games of that type. Because when you, as soon as you said dice with like pictures on it, that's like a ton of those games. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. But anyways, that's really cool and it reminds me of how fun that is. Um, I, I really do like those in, involved board games. So yeah, and and, and the plus the the biggest plus of all, which I didn't really even mention, you play it by yourself. I don't have a, a a team of right board game players. We don't do board game night. It's really tough to find anybody. So you can play this completely solo. You don't need any other players. You can play it at your own pace. It's it's really cool that way. So I, I dig it. Cool. All right, there you go. Um, back over to you. I will continue my theme uh, after you're done. But let's talk about uh, Wilson, the Lord of Mayhem. We keep saying it wrong. It's Wilson, like W O L C E N. <laughs> but you're saying Wilson. 
Wilson, he is the Lord of Mayhem. No, no, no. Wilson is also the Lord of Mayhem. Yes. That's just Wilson. a funny side fact. It is kind of funny. Wilson, Lords of Mayhem. All right. Oh, tell us about it. Sir. Yeah, because there's many lords. Many Listen, lords. Listen, I'm going to tell mayhem. you right now, it, we just call it Wilson because this story doesn't matter. <laughs> All right. Let's just get, let's just All call right. it. Call Real it talk. Truthful. Doesn't matter. Real talk. Yeah, I'm going to call the game Wilson now from now on, I think. Um, I, I just beat Wilson, Brad. Um, <laughs> he was tough, tough guy. Put up he a was a fight. tough guy, yeah. yeah That's funny because I can't beat Brad. Uh, is it Brad? No, is it Brad? Anyways, the first boss. Yes, the I first boss in the about. game yes. we're going to talk about. Wait, That's is it funny. you? You're the first boss? Yeah, it, it pings me when you get there, and then I jump on my console real oh. quick, and I'm, I'm playing as him. And you beat me every time, and that's yes. foreshadowing for later. People don't have no idea what we're talking about. I promise you it'll make sense in a few minutes. So Wilson the Game, which is what it's called, um, but it's called something else. What is it? Wilson, Lord of Darkness? <laughs> it's such a generic name. Lords of Mayhem, which could apply to like literally any game. It's silly. Okay, so this came out a little while ago, but the reason I went playing it is because, again, I was searching for RPGs. No surprise there. Um, and an action RPG because Diablo uh, beta wasn't available yet. I didn't get into the first one. So I wanted that type of game, which is this ARPG, I think they call them, right? The top-down, yep. third-person, yep, yep. or third-perspective, <laughs> or whatever it's called. Anywho, you know what it is. It's a Diablo game. Like the Diablo perspective, overhead, yep. yeah. And so I wanted to do that. And also I heard the console had a lot of bugs, but also it was like a port, you know, and I was going to play it on my PS5, so maybe the load times would be okay. So the first thing that I'll mention, yeah, it's Diablo game. The story doesn't really matter because you're part of an army, but then all of a sudden you see that you have powers, which is like a ton of games. And then now you're kind of outcasted and you got to go do things. It gets very convoluted very quickly, but all the graphics are cool. I mean, like really cool graphics. It's interesting. You can be um, not too much of a customer character creator, but... You can pick a couple of things in the beginning. And then when you have your character, you're going out doing Diablo fun. Okay. Uh, Diablo fun. I love that. It's Diablo fun. There's a couple differences. One that you can kind of, it's not really class system. So you can kind of pick up any weapon you want, go uh, and you can respec at any time. So it's like, you can kind of just play this game exactly how you want it. Mm-hmm. And so you're not being like, Oh, I picked the sorcerer or I picked the, you know, whatever rogue or something no no it's just like you're a character you're this character in the story who has these kind of hidden powers um and then you're going to just going to pick up weapons try them out and then go down a a rabbit hole of of stats and stuff that you want to upgrade so i I like that that's different right because i'm playing diablo which we'll talk about in a second and that's still more you know traditional right i'm the barbarian in diablo yes exactly and in wilson i'm the character right so that i'm just this character uh guy or girl and i'm picking what I want to use as the game plays. The other difference is, is because this weird thing happens at the beginning of the story, you see you have these powers, you can do that in the game. So it's kind of like in Diablo, there's an ultimate weapon move. So this is like you have L1 and R1 on the PlayStation and you go into, um, it's not just a big move, you turn into a different thing, like a very giant like um, archangel or something. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it's like 20 feet tall. It's like sizably different than you, you know? And what's funny is that as you're in that art art form, as you're in that form, if you beat all the monsters and then go into a cutscene, the voice of that character is different. Oh, okay. It's like, hello. And so sometimes <laughs> it was really awkward because I was just like talking to a farmer and, there, and I'm like still this huge form. And I'm like, 
Yes, I see you have goats there. Uh, don't mind the voice. It's because <laughs> I'm, I'm still this crazy character. And then it has like a cooldown, so it just sizzles back, and then you turn back to normal. Anywho, that's a different thing than Diablo. Um, Absolutely. And also the way you can play it, customize it your style. It's cool. I'm getting to a butt. Um, I was gonna say I don't. You're you're saying cool stuff, but I don't I don't get that like that sizzle that you usually get in your voice. Here's the two butts. There's two butts to this one. Two butts, double butt. People who like butts, I, and you can't you got lie. Two. You got two yeah. of them right here. <laughs> right. The first one is the bugs are out of control. Oh like, no, really? Okay. Like weird bugs that I've never seen before, and I've been playing games since they were created. I've never seen this bug. Check this. Check out this bug. Okay. Um, and there has been patches, so some of them are fixed. This one, uh, I think, is fixed now. When I first started it, because I got it, you know me, day one, hour one that it came out, I got it. So it just got into, went to the store. I downloaded it. I went into the cutscenes, and every cutscene, all the characters, doesn't matter if it was a monster, NPC, doesn't matter, they mm. were blurry. But, what? But they were blurry in a way I've never seen before in my life, which is they were fuzzy, and so they actually moved like it was like they were vibrating. And I've never seen that in my entire life in games. It's like they were all like ever real. They just keep vibrating. That's weird. Okay. And it, it hurt my eyes. It like bothered me. And so I couldn't <laughs> look at the cutscenes. I just skipped them. All right. Um, and then there was other things like graphics were just like placeholder graphics sometimes. Like I fought these monsters or spiders or something. And instead they were just squares around them. And I was like, holy fuck, this is a not finished game. Um, <laughs> but it was because they they you know ported it probably under duress and you know long hours and there's all these bugs so they patched a bunch of them but that was really unfortunate because it was like it's not unplayable but kind of uh even invisible enemies too like Ugh, whack okay. dude so now that it's patched a bit i'm still playing it but the the second butt and the biggest butt of all <laughs> is um is that you know i don't care at all <laughs> Like, about, okay, okay. like I, yeah. even in Diablo again, which I've alluded to now seven times. Yeah. Um, and you love these games. You love Diablo. I love these games. I just, even with that and specifically that, I will talk about that now. There's definitely more of a story that I care about, especially because they, they really spend some time on in, intensely high fidelity cutscenes in Diablo. In Diablo 4. In Diablo 4. And they get you like, well, even in Diablo 3, they, they get you invested in kind of in a way mm -hmm. where you're like, well, that was an intense scene, you know. Um, but also, and we'll get to it, there's there's more story there. This one, I just kept getting confused. It was like, now you're going to go talk to a mech. Wait, that mech was just a spirit mech. Okay, spirit it was a spirit mech. of a mech. I'm wow. confused on that. Um, then we're going to go take out these uh, tribe of people. But no, the tribe of people are going to be on our side. But now I'm taking another guy out. It's just so confusing. So I just... In order for me to stick with anything, which we talk about in the show all the time, I have to have some sort of level of understanding of what the fuck's happening. For sure. And even though it's fun and Diablo-esque, I bounced on it for Diablo. You know, it's like uh, sometimes, well, I think you've said this, you know, don't go for the clone if the, the original is better or something. Yeah, um, if you're not bringing anything fresh, why? if you're not going to do better than what the people do, then don't try it. There's no point. So Better is... Yeah, better is yes. apt, but new they do do. Sure. They, they do do new. <laughs> Man, these are just rolling off the tongue today. Thanks. Yes, good one. Biggest today, butt, two butts, do do new, new do do. Um, <laughs> Jesus. 
take take your pick for the show name. Any of these, yes. Um, so yeah. Anyways, I had a bounce because I just got mixing with the bugs and mixing with like confusion. Um, it's definitely some fun to be had. I will say that. But I finally, um, I finally jumped because I had another reason to jump to another thing. Yeah, I mean, I so I haven't played this, but listening to you talk, it sounds like it's just. And correct me if I'm wrong. It just seems like you know one of those Diablo likes, and there are many of them. Where if you don't, if you've already done with Diablo and you want to some, you play something. This is, it's it's that thing, but it's not better. It's not. It doesn't sound significantly different. I mean, a couple of different things, but overall, I mean, it didn't seem like it really hooked you. It didn't seem like it really brought anything that really lit your world on fire. You're just kind of playing it just to play it because you need something similar to play. Is kind of what I it mean. Seems people like. still play Path of Exile. Still people yeah, play games. Yeah that don't do necessarily necessarily things better. Sure, sure. So I would say that, again, wait a little bit longer, to your point, of on some more patches if you want to get on a console. It's been out, yeah. by the way, on PC for a while. Okay. So this is not a new game. I probably should have started with that. But um, I still think it's, you know, it's good for what it does. And it's to your point, it's like if you don't have something better and you want a Diablo game, that's what this does, right? Right, right, right. And yeah. that's what it did for me. Yeah, like I, a week of, you know, a week or and a week and a half of me having something to play at night, you know? And I was like, oh, this is it. I'm leveling up. I found loot. But now, in the 12th time I'm going to talk about Diablo before talking about it, now that I have that in my life and knowing that it's coming out soon, I just want to play that. So. And, and did you find any difficulty in putting uh, Wilson aside once you knew that Diablo was coming? Wilson got put down immediately. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. <laughs> that's what happens to games like this. Exactly. Yes. Wilson was put to the side, <clears throat> never to return. Well, maybe to return when I'm, uh, maybe not because Diablo is going to take a lot of hours out of me. So yeah. All yeah. right. Well, this was the not Diablo review of Wilson All or right. Wilson, and I still think that there's fun to be had. And ironically, the very next game we're talking about is. Diablo 4. Oh, we're going right to me again. Okay, we're yeah. We're going right to you again, Diablo 4. The, Let's the just beta. do it. Yeah, the this is the open is beta. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's available on all... Con- on all. I mean, maybe not the Switch. I don't know about the Switch, but it's Bar definitely available Switch. on... the Switch. Yeah. Yeah, not the Switch, but PS, PS5, the Xbox is, and PC, you can get your Diablo 4 beta. I downloaded it on Xbox, although to be fair, I have not had time to play it, and the beta will be over by the time you're hearing this show. So I don't know that I will even start it up because I have pretty limited time today. But you've been putting a lot of time into it, and you were almost to level 20, which is the magical point at which you get a little cosmetic dog you can wear on your back. So tell us about Diablo and tell us about that pooch. Well, I didn't know about the wolf cub until you told me about it, Um, and I was just playing it anyhow. But then you were like, yeah, you get to level 20, you get this cosmetic thing that you can carry over because none of your gameplay carries over i think more games should do that if they can i think it's a technical probably limitation for this game because i know they're working up to last second because it doesn't come out till june i want to say um so we still got some time and i bet you they're going to go back and fix a bunch of shit so or at least you know fine-tune some stuff so that's why the prog- the game progress isn't saved but yeah you can get the wolf cub i will get that tonight i'm at level 15 as we stand uh levels go pretty fast in that game so I'll get the Wolf Cup tonight. I'll probably max it out 2025 by tonight. I think it's over um, at midnight or something. Yeah, something like that. Pretty soon. But I'll talk about my uh, understanding and enjoyment of it for now. And yeah, Diablo is a no-brainer, right? So I don't. We all have problems with the company, which is a tangent. But we won't. Yeah, we won't do one. it. We won't yeah. do it. We're not going to talk about that. But I, I do want to acknowledge that. 
Uh, I haven't played the game. I probably will. Um, you know, Diablo, sure. But like, there is definitely some some issues going on um, at Blizzard and behind Diablo. So we we may talk about it in the future. I'm not going to talk about it now. But 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 to acknowledge that yeah. this is not one of those guilt free games that you can just pick up and and play without a care. So. Well, okay, yes, yes, and. Um, we both are like, it, I don't think anybody in the world uh, doesn't understand or acknowledge that Blizzard has issues. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, holy yeah, shit. Yeah. Like, it's such a well-known thing now that it's like, it's already damaged your brand in that way. Um, the specific developers who worked on this game. Yeah, different story. Different, different story. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so the people who worked on this game, uh, yeah, it was Diablo 3. I played like 250 hours or more, maybe 300 Probably four hundred because I went back the second time. Wow, that's like Monster Hunter hours, man. It is. It's it's my Monster Hunter. Diablo is my Monster Hunter. And because this is a quick tangent, we both have been playing games since games came out. I played every Diablo like game before Diablo, which now I'm writing down. I want to go research that tonight. That's gonna be fun. Uh, but I played games like Diablo before it came out. You know, when when yeah. Diablo one came out, people were like, "Whoa, cool!" I'm like, "No, no, no! I'm playing those games for a while on PC." You know. There were games like it. Um, they were just, you know, doing another version of it, a very devil and like demony version, you know, yeah. of what an RPG was doing in that in that time frame. So, but they did it really well, and it was really a point and clicky game. And then Diablo two, I played all of them. Is my point. But three, when it came to console, just like a couple other Baldur's Gate came to console and a couple other ones, they did it really well. You know, like the analog sticks, they just. They nailed that feel of Diablo on console. And so three, I played on, well, I want to say PS3 or four. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I, yeah, a million hours. So no shit, I was going to play it. Uh, a couple issues people had with it. Um, I wanted to you know, check out and see if that was really what, what, what was going on. But in general, the graphics are fucking bonkers. Like, I don't think people are talking about that enough. Uh, I have, you know, a pretty nice TV. I put on the 120 hertz or whatever it is and, you know, fancy 4K, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's still the same style, which is looks like Diablo. But every little texture, like you're walking through the snow, you see a little puddle in the snow. It's fucking cool, dude. Like, it just is really beautiful. Um, That can't be understated. And then also, it's a closer camera this time. So remember, Diablo is a little bit further back, pulled back. Um, do you feel like it's better? Or do you feel like better. it's too close now? No, it isn't. I the, as soon as I started, I was like, "Oh, this is too close." You know, am I gonna like go to the settings? I haven't touched them because, and I also don't know if you can change it, but uh, it, it's perfect. It's it like slightly zooms out a bit, you know, here and there, but I really like it, and especially when you go into town where you can't like do you know battle. Yeah, uh, you want to see everything really close because it's so beautiful what they painstakingly worked on every little sign you know it feels like it doesn't feel like anything's cookie cutter it just feels like when you go into a little town it's like they made that little shed there and this thing here and yeah it's fucking cool dude um also the customer character creator is like very expansive Mm. beautiful um now it's not super expansive on the face options but um there's a lot that you can still do in it um and then when it comes to i think they introduced a lot of this in three um, I think I told you before, but Diablo Immortal, the, a lot of the things that they brought up in that game is in four. Um, world tiers are in this, which I think we both don't really like too much, right? World tiering, where they. Like, I hate world tiering. Yeah, dude. I, 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 I dislike that. 
it doesn't i mean maybe some people are are more built for that but like the idea of world tearing to just get higher and higher loot and just replaying the same thing i i get that that's some people's jam for me i dislike that intensely yeah i dislike that intensely and you know that was i think it was in immortal and some of the other stuff was in immortal is in this game but uh, i just put on world tier one this is the beta i'm not gonna save in my progress so exactly yeah it doesn't exactly. matter just get me to that ending um so anyways, the so so yeah, the biggest problem, and I will say some other positives about it because I love it and I'm gonna mm. buy it, you know, mm. is that uh, even though I like the camera view, I like the improved graphics. It's Diablo. It's fucking great. Um, I feel like the skill tree is a little smaller for some reason, uh, okay. but it's not bothering me too much. Is you know, I picked barbarian immediately. That's that's me. Two handed sword or found it. Oh yeah, whatever. Actually, weirdly enough, I'm doing bludgeoning weapons in this t- in this playthrough. That's new for you. It's very new for me. And you can actually, you know, just do skill tree just for bludgeoning. So, like, I just use, like, a big-ass hammer. Um, but it's really being uh, very effective. Um, and so then, you know, I do my spin attack. I kind of do some Diablo things that I always do. But the combat is fun as shit, beautiful to look at. But, but. The, but the enemies level with you. Oh, gotcha. Now, so you never I, feel like you're kicking ass. I don't yet. Like, I, I'm trying to remember in Diablo 3, which I played a million hours of, I don't think sometimes that they did. Is that right? Oh, man. I haven't played it in a million years either. I can't remember. But Diablo I know what you're talking about. 3. Like, it's it, it's that kind of um, Elder Scrolls problem where, you know, you want to feel like you're, you, you go through the rough period, you learn your skills, you get your weapons, you level up, and you want to feel like you are reaping the reward from that you want to feel like you're kicking ass and if everybody levels up with you it's just like you're constantly climbing uphill but you never get to the peak that sucks i don't like that it also was i think in three and so what these games are really about is the loot which is fun and addictive loop right to kind of keep going and seeing this rare item pop up and you go oh my goodness i found that yeah i mean for some people i feel like it's not for you but um so yeah i think i don't know i'm, I'm kind of confused because i do feel like i'm stronger i'm definitely upgrading shit like when you upgrade your spin, it's like, you know, when you on the upgrade path, it says does more damage. So that's a real thing. But the enemies are leveling with you. So if I go to a dungeon, every dungeon on the map is my level, you right. know? Yeah. And that is frustrating because I'm like, this kind of game would rule, I think, if things were above and below me. Well, um, it's kind of a fine point, right? Because, like, I, I mean, I like loot. I like loot. It's not enough to get me to play a game. Like, I don't just like to be on the, the, the loot mill. But, you know, getting a piece of loot, I think the thing, the differentiation for me is I want to get a new piece of loot. Uh, I want it to feel like it's important because I need to feel like it's different. I need to feel like I get a boost or it does something different in a way that I think is cool. And then I immediately want to use that piece of loot on enemies and witness I am now stronger I am now kicking their ass that much more or some new effect happened that I think is really cool. Yeah. Lightning spirals out or something. If you're getting loot, which is essentially just to keep up with the people because if you get another piece of loot that gives you plus five attack, but then all the enemies go up plus five defense. You're just kind of staying in place and you don't really get that feeling of like, oh, this is awesome now. You know what I mean? Well, let me clarify. You do get okay. that feeling of awesome now uh, because I just got like this fire stick or something and it's like taking out fools, right? Okay. So it's just... it. Once you go up a level, it's almost like you don't want to level too much. Uh, because if you find better loot and you have, you know, better abilities and you aren't another level yet, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Um, but I do feel empowered. 
So I would, okay, well, I would that's, stop that's playing important. it if I did. Yeah, yeah. You got to have that feeling. That's like that's key feeling. It is, but you, to your point and to my also why I'm bringing it up is because I was just fighting a skeleton earlier before this podcast, and that skeleton had like I don't know ten hits, and I was like, no, 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 no. I'm level twelve, or no, I'm level twenty five or twenty or almost twenty, uh, eighteen probably, and and I have a fire stick, and that's a skeleton. That should be one hit. I mean, is he made of titanium? He's got those little bolts. He had a skiing no, accident. And now nothing. he's got like reinforced joints. Like, Nor- what's up? Normal ass skeleton. So normal ass skeleton. All so right. That is a problem, you know. So, anyways, that's my only butt of the whole thing. It's beautiful to look at. It's super in- engaging. Like I was alluding to earlier, the story told through intensely, you know, dark and graphic uh, cutscenes, is about like you know this Lilith, which is kind of a you know, a Diablo adjacent. All right a yeah. demoness or whatever. Um, she's breathtakingly evil. All the cutscenes are beautiful and dark. And I feel more uh, tied to the story than, obviously, Wilson, um, but also even like Diablo 3 because okay. I feel like uh, I'm just like immediately in. I, I, maybe it's the closer camera. Maybe it's the better graphics. Um, maybe it's the fact that they're really staying on point with the story. Uh, I just feel like totally in, and I want to know what the ending of that story is. I think more than any other Diablo game. Well, that's Um, important. You know, I think it's definitely a good story can really carry you a long way. And if the mechanics are are dialed in, like I would expect them to be, I mean, win, double win. Yeah. And I think what they're doing is, here's what's interesting, is kind of like my final take. I think what they're doing with with the enemy leveling and with the story stuff is they basically just made a more accessible Diablo. Because anyone can jump in, right? And you don't feel underpowered that there's like a 50 levels above you monster. You go, I could probably do it. So then you keep wanting to play. Like you don't feel, it's not cost prohibitive any area. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cost, I mean like health prohibitive or like level prohibitive. But you know, I think there's also something to be said for going into an area and you get, you're way overpowered, but then it kind of fires you up. You'd be like, oh, I'll be back, you motherfuckers. You just wait. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, there is a little... I mean, I get it both ways. Like, I don't want to be, you know, stomped everywhere I go, but also I do want to, like... You know, there that is that nice feeling of comeuppance where you come back with a better sword, a better armor, and you're like, ha-ha, these guys that rolled me last time, I rolled them. That's a good feeling, you know? I love that so. feeling, and I'm very confused. I'm, like, kind of, like, uh, split on it because I'm loving the shit out of my time, and I haven't been... I think I died three times so far, you know? Okay, all right. And I played it for, what, till level 20, uh, almost 20 or something? So I played a long time, died a few times. And by the way, they, you get tokens. I don't remember this being Diablo 3. Maybe it was. You get three tokens to come back to life. Um, so if I die by, like, bullshit, <clears throat> like I, which you know, I always yell at the screen at Diablo sure, when I die. Sure, I'm Like, that's bullshit. That skeleton killed me. Um, I really don't like that skeleton. Yeah, I you get three tokens, so you can just respawn right there, right, right then. I don't know if you could do that in the past. And what happens when you are done with your tokens? You got to go back. I've to never to been. I've never oh, okay. been. All right. I guess I'm just that good. You are that good. Um, no, but I've died once, every once in a while, and when I do, I go, oh, I'm not fucked because I can just come back real quick. So I like that. But that's what I'm saying. It's like I like what you said. Uh, the the I'm gonna come back and get you guys when I'm better level. But this is also pleasant. It's like. They kind of split the difference. Um, Last thing I'll say is that the other player thing, the asynchronous battle that happened in Diablo Immortal is back, and it hasn't been annoying. Because, again, these aren't PVPs. These aren't uh, invasions in Elden Ring. 
I will get to an area. It's got a gold circle around it or some sort of circle. And it says event happening and you can partake or not. But if you stay in the gold circle for a little while, then you're partaking. And then other people are just there and they're fighting with you on a wave of monsters, a big boss or something. And it's great. Like it just works. Oh, it's kind of like the like the uh, the destiny sort of thing where if you want yeah. to take p- place in a little world event, you can or you can just bugger off and do something else. Yeah. So. And they and again, because I played all of Diablo Immortal and beat it, um, that was all the time in that game. Right. It was yeah. kind of a you just had this asynchronous <clears throat> or not asynchronous. I keep using that. But like it's just they're not going to uh, mess with you in a bad way, you know positive right, right, right. Yeah. so that's been happening i've been seeing people in town too almost like an mmo they'll pop up sometimes but again it's not like a hundred people around the same vendor it's like six you know or yeah, four yeah, yeah. Uh, so they're doing that and that's all technology behind the scenes like how they're you know splitting apart those little servers and stuff so i think they're doing a really good job i think it's again the most accessible diablo probably ever and that's good and bad um, but of course I'm going to buy it as soon as it fucking comes out. I mean, I need this. I, it's like an addiction, this game. Well, I know you really like that genre a lot and, you know, to be honest, I mean, I have, I, I enjoy a good Diablo like once in a while. No, it's not something that I go to all the time, but every once in a while I'm like, yeah, I could go for something like that. And, uh, I think the last one I really enjoyed was Inquisitor, which I thought was amazing. Um, so it's been, it's been a while. It's been a minute since I played one. So maybe I'll check it out. I don't know a lot about it, and uh, I guess it depends what else is out. But um, I got my eye on it. We'll see what happens. I don't think you're going to play it. It's possible. I mean, I bought... Well, I don't know. I, I bought Diablo 3. I played it for a while, but I didn't finish it. I didn't go all the way, and I certainly didn't, like, you know, do extra runs or anything. I kind of fell off, but we'll see. I To be to be perfectly honest, um, I don't know that I'm really in with a lot of uh, Blizzard games. I don't know that I'm their person, but... I well, but uh, to that point, I'm not. I don't think I like anything else they do. Like I don't know. Back yeah. in the day, by the way, that should be said. Back in the day, and also back before controversy in, at their company, because they've been around forever, right? Blizzard, regular Blizzard, not Activision Blizzard. Yeah. Um, they made a billion other games, right? Like oh, sure, yeah, different styles. So, well, World of Warcraft and blah blah blah. You know, so um, Blizzard's World of Warcraft, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm okay, sure I was like, is. yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Hearing silence, I'm like, did I get one of the? I mean, I was mentally reviewing games? myself because I was thinking, like, yeah, I don't think I like any of the other games. I don't. I mean, I played Overwatch for a while, but I think that was that was the only other one. So, oh, StarCraft. I played StarCraft back in the day. Oh yeah, no, I didn't play too much of that. So yeah, okay. I, I don't think I'm. I don't think them. I don't think I'm their dude. I don't think I'm really in their basket, but that's okay. I'm in general not business. in their basket, but a, a loot type game like this, yeah, that definitely you know again you can have be having a bad day and you just go in and play a game that you get a bunch of stuff and you upgrade yourself and you feel a little better, yeah. But again, I, I, I say again, it's it feels like the most successful one and it also seems like the most story driven one because I really care about what the fuck is going on in that world. So, all right. I mean, I can't tell people to check it out, but you're just going to check it out no matter what. It's a huge <laughs> Diablo 4, the beta will be over by the time you hear this podcast, but I'm sure it's coming, you said June or something like that. So not too not too much longer if you are in the market for this. I maybe we'll see. We'll talk. I'm sure we'll talk about it again. So we'll we'll circle back. I will get the pup tonight. Get that pup tonight. All right. Let me continue my theme of underwater cosmic horror. This is mostly underwater, very less cosmic horror, but also continuing with the theme. And I have mentioned this game before, In Other Waters. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is uh, on the Switch is where I'm playing it. Also on PC. Uh, this is from uh, Jump Over the Age, is the developer, who is primarily Ga- Gareth Damian Martin. Uh, he was the man largely responsible for Citizen Sleeper, 
which was my game of the year last year by a wide margin. I really liked um, Citizen Sleeper a lot. So I played In Other Waters when it dropped on the Switch a couple years ago. And I got to be honest with you, I bounced off it real quick. I did not make it very far. Um, before I get into that, what this game is, is uh, you play as... I guess an AI, I don't want to spoil the story because the story is actually the best part of this game. Uh, you play as like an AI inside of a uh, high-tech diving suit and you're on a, 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 an alien planet. There's a scientist inside of you because you are a suit and they are talking to you and they need you to do the functions of the suit. So she'll the, the scientist will be like, oh, we need to dive and we need to find some alien fish and we got to go north and stuff like this. She'll give you these little, little prompts. And what you do is you don't see the world like you don't see the fish you don't see the water you're an ai so all you see is like a hud like a heads-up display you see uh like a compass and you see a depth meter and you see uh various readouts and you see the screen and what the world looks like to you is a series of dots and a topographical map and that's all you see you're like it's like you're looking straight down onto a map and there's dots and you go from dot to dot to dot uh the person will talk to you and say something Every once in a while, you have to grab a sample, which is like a little twiddly minigame that you do through another, um, you know, robotic interface. But you're just you're basically looking at a heads up screen for literally the entire game. There's no real graphics to it. There's no um, nothing like that. No action like that. So it's very distant. It feels very um, removed from what's going on. It feels um, it's just really dry. I, I, I had a really hard time connecting with it the first time. It is also, I think, uh, the second slowest game I have ever played in my life oh my uh, out of all the games. It is so slow. You're, you're um, going to tell me why I'm going to like it probably, or why I should play it, but I am so out right now that it's No, ridiculous. no, no. Stay out. Dude. Stay out. I'm not telling okay, you. Okay. No, just stay out. You're comfortably out. Don't I get in. I'm out here. You are out. You're way out. And I was out too. I was really out too. But like we just talked about in the last uh, couple, two segments ago, looking at someone's game design and then going back in history to see what have they done getting that history lesson right so like i said i bounced off this so hard when it dropped on switch i'm like this is boring as shit i feel like i would rather watch paint dry i would rather go do my dishes than play this game because this game is fucking dull and slow and boring um but after playing citizen sleeper and seeing what a fantastic uh experience that was i'm like okay wait uh, the same same person uh, I need to go back and see. Maybe now that I have had my eyes opened with their second game, maybe there's something in the first game for me. And I think that ultimately, I, I don't know. I'm not going to speak for this person, Gareth, Damian, Martin. I don't know them. They've never talked to me. We have no relationship whatsoever. Um, so I don't. So I'm not going to speak for them. But I think what's going on here is I feel like this person wants to take visual novels and then graft actual gameplay on top of them to make them more enticing, more engaging than they would be otherwise. Mm. And I think that's awesome. That is an awesome idea. I am 100% behind that. Absolutely. And if you look at Citizen Sleeper, that's exactly what it is. It is a visual novel, but there are choice points. There are different storylines to follow. There is a time component that is also turn-based. There is um, hidden areas. There's all sorts of things you can do, uh, but it is still at heart a visual novel. There's RPG elements like leveling up, skills, so in that one, I think it is a magnificent example of taking gameplay from other genres, bolting it on top of a visual novel, and it just comes off beautifully. And in fact, with with interviews, I remember Martin saying, you know, I didn't know if this was going to work. I didn't know if people were going to like like this. Um, huge, huge hit, huge hit for him. 
Um, so with that in mind, I went back to look at In Other Waters again, and I think that's exactly what he was doing again. He was taking a visual novel, which is this story about a person who's on an alien world studying the underwater life. And to be perfectly frank, not going to spoil it, but this story is, is pretty fucking cool. I think it's a really good story. And that's what brought me through. But I feel significantly less successful in bringing gameplay elements to this visual novel. Um, so number one, there's just not a fucking visual. Like you're staring at this map screen the whole time. You're seeing little dials and numbers and icons, but that's, it's so boring. It's so boring to look at. And in fact, um, the only visuals in this entire game are when you um, complete these little side quests, you'll get one hand-drawn picture of like the animal that you're studying. So you have to study it like four times and find it and like do the research, which takes a lot of time because this game is really slow. Um, but when you finally do all that, you get like one little sketch of like, you know, a sea cucumber or something. And I'm like, okay, cool. That is not nearly enough for me. I need I need way more than that. So I yeah. feel like not enough visuals. I feel like also tutorial is terrible. Um, so it, I mean, for the first few minutes, I was struggling to even figure out how to move. I'm like, I don't like none of this is happening for me. Like they do some visual cues. And once you know what they are, you can make sense of it. But they don't tell you what they are. And if your brain is not on the same wavelength as this guy, you're like, what? What am I even looking at? What am I doing? What does this button do? I don't know how to move. What's happening? Um, so that was really a, fr a frustrating struggle for a little while. Um, but I feel like the parts that really it falls down are, number one, it's really slow. Like, like moving is slow. The text is really slow. But it really clashes with the gameplay elements, and I'll tell you how. So at one point, you get into this part of the, uh, the ocean that is really low on oxygen. It's almost, it's almost toxic because there are too many microbes and not enough oxygen. And so what happens is your oxygen meter starts counting down in real time. So that wouldn't ordinarily be a problem, except this is a fucking visual novel and you have to read. And so whenever um, you scan something, a whole bunch of text pops up and the text is slow to show up. You can't speed up the text. You have to read the text. Whenever your pilot says something new, you have to read that. There's also a timer to make sure you read her text before it disappears. And it's just like there's all this stuff where it's like, OK, wait, I need to participate with this game. But also my oxygen is dwindling in real time and that feels very unfair. That feels very bad, and I did not care for that. Um, so I feel like those two things are clashing. And mm -hmm. I, I will say that I think he probably agrees because he fixed that in the next game. In Citizen Sleeper, there are time limits, but they are turn-based, meaning time only moves when you make a choice. So if you're reading something, if you're moving around, if you're thinking about things, nothing happens, but then you make your choice and then time moves forward, which I think is the right way to do it. Um, I So what ended up happening for me in Another Waters was I'm in the toxic area. Words come up. Skip. I don't have time because I'm running out of air. Skip. Words come up. Skip. Don't care. Got to get to where I'm going. Skip. And that defeats the entire purpose of a visual novel, right? Right. If you're not going to read it, what the fuck are you even here for? So that's a problem. Um, you can't zoom out on the map. And so, like, often you would get lost. Um, they would show you, like, a big zoomed out area. Be like, oh, we got to go southwest. And here's this thing we got to find. Cool. You get to the map and you can't go back to the big map. You're not sure. Am I going the right way? Am I going the wrong way? Don't know. Um, that was really a problem. And the other, the biggest problem with this game is they don't explain something that is incredibly important. Um, when you're out in the ocean, you can run out of air and you can run out of electricity because you're just limited supply. What they don't explain is that if you can sample things in the environment, take a chunk of coral, you find a dead fish, like piece of bone, whatever, each one of those things has an electrical and oxygen component to it, but they don't tell you that. And so if you're not clever enough to figure that out on your own, you end up running out of oxygen or, or electricity over and over and over and over. And you get sent back, which happened to me in the toxic zone where I'm like, 
there's no way I can make it through this. How am I supposed to do this? I just, I don't know what's going on. I watch a YouTube video because I get stuck. And the dude's like, oh yeah, you take your samples and you put them in your sample thing and it refills your oxygen. And I'm like, oh my God, that is so important. Why did, why did you not tell me that? That is like a, a core mechanic of this game. Mm. It goes completely unexplained. And I'm like, dude, I get that you understood that. I did not understand that. So once I figured that out, it kind of changed the nature of the game because then I started sampling things just for their value and not because of what the words were or not because of the story anymore. It became about um, like a min-max where I'm surviving. Resource. And I lost. Yeah, it, re- it became about resources. Yeah. And it stopped being about the story. It stopped being about studying the animals. It stopped being about involved uh, being involved in the world, which I think just really kind of took away from it. So uh, also just side note, on the Switch specifically, text is microscopic and the performance sucks. Which is weird because this is just a screen of dots and lines. There should be no performance whatsoever. This should this this should be running at 400 frames per second because there's yeah. like no no tax on the system, right? But I had slowness, chugging, freezing, um, especially in docked mode, which was just blowing my mind at how poorly it was running. So I I I like this game because I see what he's trying to do. Um, I did not appreciate it at the time. Because I didn't know what his grand scheme was, but now that I have two games to compare side by side, I can see the trajectory of like taking a visual novel and injecting gameplay. Great idea. I'm on board. Second attempt, home run out of the park. Like game of the year, fucking amazing. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. But in other waters, ooh, it just felt like so many ideas that didn't quite come together and so many things butting heads with each other. It's a miserable experience. It's a pretty miserable experience. Well, I'm staying out, but also uh, what we just talked about is it's like, what are the games that brought us here? Exactly. Know? Like, what yeah. are the games before Dark Souls? And maybe they're not the best game in the world. But So it's still interesting. But, uh, yeah, I'm not going to play it, but interesting. Yeah, yeah. And I know a lot of people like this one, and that's cool. And if you can get in the story, that's great. But, boy, it just it clashed in so many ways. So I, I, I'm glad I did it as an educational exercise. Yes. Um, but, boy, this was a miserable play. And just for people who are curious, In Other Waters, the second slowest game I've ever played, the first slowest game I've ever played. Can you guess, Carlos? Because I think you played it too. The slowest game. It's the not, slowest game you've ever played. What was it? Not Death Stranding. Nope. Because that's pretty slow. No, Death Stranding is like on speed compared to the game I'm thinking of. Oh, wait. I should know this. The slowest game you've ever played. You walk slow. The walking speed is hella slow. You got to get through a year in real time. You remember oh, this? Oh, the game, The Long whatever. The Longing. Yeah, yes. yeah. The Longing. the Longing is the number one slowest game I've ever played, but this is a very close number two. Nice. So. All right. There you go. In other waters, I learned something. I think I, I bettered myself as a person, but boy, that was miserable. So, all right. Over to you, Carlos, for something which I hope is more fun. Ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-chia. Wow, it's not. You don't do that with the name. No? Yeah. You don't do that? Ch-ch-chia. Isn't it ch-ch-chia? It is, but there's also a T, so I figured I'd add right. the cheese. I think the it's just chia, though. Ch-ch-ch-chia. So. Okay, let's, I, I'll yes and it. Yes. Okay, sure. So let's talk about that. Uh, this game... I was actually watching for it a while ago. I think I mentioned it on the show. Oh, yeah. You've been hot for this for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And so finally came out. And it's funny because it kind of not stealth release, but I did not was not ready for it. I was like, oh, wait, it's just in the store uh, playing in a PlayStation. And can, can we check and make sure it's on Xbox? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll look it up right just now. Just look it up. Keep talking. I'll look it sure. up. Yeah, yeah. I'll look it um, up. So, yeah, I've been really interested in this because it definitely seen from the promotional materials that it's a very positive game uh a representation of a different part of the world that you might not know which i'll talk about right now 
So I was already excited. And also, I think they even showed in the early trailers that you get to uh, possess other objects and creatures in the world. Which oh, found it. It's PlayStation and PC only, not on Xbox. Oh. Not on Switch either. Yeah. Uh, the Switch could not handle this, I don't think. Which is funny because it's, it's a simple, like, graphics-looking game. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's doing a lot, which I'll tell, tell you about. Um, yeah, so it, it, do you remember the, how the promotional ta- uh, trailers were like you could possess different things? I don't think I ever watched a trailer all the way through. Oh, okay. I don't remember that. I don't remember that. But that was the other reason, and maybe I mentioned it on the show, why I liked uh, the concept is you play a, a little girl who uh, gets these powers and she can kind of you know jump into other objects. Um, so let's talk about it. So basically it's uh, about the people of New Caledonia, which is these islands off the coast of Australia. Uh, first time for me learning about it as well, if maybe the listeners as well and you. Uh, uh, yeah, so it's this little teeny uh, set of islands, and basically uh, they speak French there. They speak a, a couple of different languages, but French is the predominant one. So all of the game takes place on these lands. Uh, it's also all voice acted by people from the area and the region. All the music, which, by the way, is fucking great and beautiful, is all from people from there as well. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Uh, and there is a, which I'll get to, a music minigame. And you when, you when you play the music as well, you're playing you know, their songs and stuff. So a lot of learning, right? And by the way, as soon as you start this game up, they give you like a five-page panel about New Caledonia and like the people. Like and actual history? Actual, actual history, yeah. Okay, yeah. And they're cool. like, we made this. You know, it's a passion project for us. And also, it's a mixture of, uh, and it's part of my review now, it's a mixture of, you know, real things and real cultures and ideas uh, and places, but also it's a mix with folklore and, you know, different kind of mystical uh, ideas that we have. So it's a mixture of those two things um, and just a really cool intro to, to what the game was about. So, yeah. So what what is the game? You play actually as uh, like one of these like myths or folk tales where there's a woman telling a story to these kids and then it cuts to you as this little girl and you now you're you're the story essentially, right? I, I don't know how many other games have done that. It's a thing sometimes, but you know, you're whatever you play in the game, you're playing like the story. It's a traditional like yeah, pe- yeah, yeah. people do that. Anywho, so you're this little girl and you run around. Um, all the graphics are how do I say it? It's like very colorful, um, very simple kind of cutout look. Yeah, kind of like low poly, kind of. I mean, basic, but not in a bad way, but kind of just no. uh, simple, simplified in a in a pleasing way. Simplified, pleasing, Animal Crossing, uh, kind of in yeah, a way, ish. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. The whole game itself, by the way, is these four things I've decided, and I'll explain why. But here's my synopsis of what this game is: as you play okay. as this little girl, all right, it is uh, Breath of the Wild, because when you jump on things, you can climb with a little stamina meter. It looks right? very Breath of the Wild, yeah. GTA, GTA, <laughs> yep. And Katamari Damacy. Do you roll stuff? Kind of. You can push things, and you can yourself can roll uh, a lot, actually. Um, so I'll get to why that I think the game is like those. But you play as this girl. You have your father. Uh, it's very touching, very beautiful. As I'm playing it, I'm like, this is just like pure bliss. Like you can't get, you can't find any negativity. You know, it's like if you're having a tough day, play Chia. It's like about positive. Okay. Um, now, because it is this kind of folktale and, you know, magic exists and different things that aren't in our real world, um, what happens is you and your dad are on this island and enemy comes up and shows up 
and takes your dad. So basically the whole game is you probably trying to find your dad. Okay. But uh, the minute he, the evil guy and some spirits, because there are some monstery type things, uh, take your dad, you kind of do this thing that you don't know you have this power, which is you jump into a sword or like a blade and, and kind of attack the bad guy with it. And you didn't even Wait, know you, you could do that. you jumped into a sword? Yeah, you jumped into the sword in this cutscene. Who's all holding the, the sword? Are you like a magical sword? It was just a sword lying by, and she basically reached out to it and found out that she had these powers that she can jump into objects. So once you do that the first time in a, in a cutscene, later on in the game, uh, again, you're kind of on your own now, and you're trying to like find your dad, and you there's this massive open world. It's pretty fucking massive, actually. And third person running around as a little girl. You could do a bunch of moves, like jump, glider, like Zelda, right? Um mm-hmm roll slide but then you learn this power or you kind of hone the power which is you can jump in anything most things but when i say anything uh, and most things i mean like rocks so just earlier today i I tweeted this out but like i was just strolling through the woods and saw a rock jumped into the rock started rolling the rock because it moves pretty fast Uh and then found a deer jumped from the rock into the deer and now I'm running around the forest as a deer. Found a bat later on uh, and, and jumped into the bat. And then that freedom to just fly is incredible. Interesting. Is there like a limit to it somehow? Yeah, you have a power. Or? Yep, you okay. have a, like a magical whatever called power uh, limit. But then you also have a stamina limit. So there's a couple different limits to it. But it lets you just play. Like this game is play. Like it okay. could, could be called Chia slash play. Because it's just a fun sandbox that yes, there's story and I can get to it. And there's some funny little poignant moments. Like I was in a waiting room and it felt like very much like, um, you know, just like a little waiting room scene that would happen in a movie or something. But then a lot of the game is just like a sandbox to, to fuck around in. And one of my favorite mechanics ever in any game is you can slide and it has physics. Look at Destiny. It's not that hard. <laughs> Chia did it. All right. That's all I got to say to Destiny people come on chia did okay. it uh and by the way it's a small studio they're doing a lot i said what is it called punching above their weight or something yeah exactly that's it exactly yeah. it's incredible what they're pulling off i don't even know how big the team is but you can tell that you know there's some seams you can see like it's not 60 frames all the time it's like 30 40 sometimes 28 you know like it's jumping around a little bit but you don't care because it's just so damn fun um here's the other mechanics real quick Uh, Again, the story is not like the main focus of why I play this game. It's about like being in this world and and also the positivity because it's so positive. It's ridiculous. And we all need that in our life. Um, It's just running around, possessing things, picking up things, throwing things. The other thing you can do is you can pick up almost anything, which is hard to do in, in games for some reason. A lot of games don't do it. And you can store anything. So I picked up immediately a boar, because I saw a boar running around. I picked like him a up. Wild boar, pig. Wild boar. Yeah, yeah. You can throw anything you pick up. So I threw the boar. He was fine. He was fine. Uh, but then I was like, "Wait, can I store the boar? You can store the boar." Nice. Store nice. the boar is a good podcast name too. Store the boar is not bad. Um, you want to th- store things like uh, soccer balls and things like that because later on they can help you get to places you didn't think you'd get to. Right? Uh, I stored like everything I thought I could in the beginning. There's a limit. So you have a store limit, just like an inventory limit. Is this like in your in your person, or do you yeah, on your, about your house or something? Or? No, no, no. So like I had a a boar, a llama, a soccer ball, a frying pan. You know, not realistic. 
Mm-hmm. But, the, but I, mean, I jump into objects like rocks, so realism's out the window. And it's a mystical folktale. But yeah, you can store, and that just makes it funny and fun. And like puzzle solving becomes fun too. Because, you know, like there's an explosive. Uh, I heard um, Max Scoville said this on his show, uh, Podcast Beyond. He like became a flammable canister and there was all these monsters, but he didn't want to fight them or he didn't have any way to fight them. So he just became a flammable canister, uh, jumped into like the fire and just blew up. And then all of them died, you know. Um, so there's just like fun mechanics like that. The sliding's really fun. I don't ever want it to end. Like, I don't want to find my dad. <laughs> you know, like, I don't want this game to end. I'm just going to, like, always bring it up. That is a really sad slash funny picture of, like, a kid playing outside, and they're having, like, this endless adventure, and their dad yes. is, like, in a dungeon somewhere sad, and they're like, yeah. they're not coming to get me yeah. because they are having too much fun without me. That, that is really sad. That funny. is what my playthrough is going to be. Like, my dad's going to have a beard. He's going to be, uh, what's it called, malnourished, mm-hmm. and he's going to not recognize me. And I'm going to be like, you're going to grow up without him. And then yeah. finally, when you're done having fun, he'll be like, I, I barely remember you. I'm going to beat this out. game and I'm going to be an adult woman. And I'm going to be like, dad. Yeah. Cause I had so much fun. It's a fucking fun game. Here's the other last thing I'll say about it. I, I could talk about a long time about it. Cause it is very fucking fun. Punching above its weight. I think everybody should play it actually, especially in this, these darkened times at times, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's a, a ray of sunshine. But um, and not only is it fun to play, but it's also super positive. The guitar parts, uh, all the music I love. But I play guitar. Uh, I played acoustic on tour before. Like I, there's a thing, a feel to getting a music game right. And if you're doing it with guitar, you have a ukulele in this, uh, and you're doing chords. You know, it's lots of times it feels wrong. We've played a lot of games that have music mini games, and it's like just trying to put the button when it goes across the graphic. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. This is right analog stick moving around to different notes, which already feels very, you know, very organic and good. And you can hit the chords early if you want. None of that bullshit where it goes, bank, you know, if you miss. Yeah, mistimed or imperfect or something, yeah. I was doing a song, and actually I think it sounded better because I hit some of the notes late, Mm -hmm. and and it let me do that, you know. Um, Was that one of the notes I just heard? It was, it was. I'm strumming the ukulele right now. Yeah, you're playing it. You you were you were so compelled by my talking about this game. I literally you bought it and downloaded it, it right as we're talking. And about you're this. playing it. Yep, right now. Um, but you know what I mean. There's there's a lot to be said about getting that right. Um, and it was just so fun to play those songs. And you can play the songs anytime you want. Like you can just pick up your ukulele and start strumming it, which I think is great. I can't say enough positivity about this. Um, I'm waiting for some sort of uh rebuttal or something what do you think well uh i don't have really have a rebuttal i mean i don't know that i am in the market for an open worldy sort of thing right now and to be honest um i mean zelda's coming this year right that's that was this year the whatever tales of the kingdom or whatever it's called. it tales is but kingdom. i i personally am so over zelda but that's just me I mean, I, I I need to, like, strategically save my mojo, right? Because if I play a big open world game like this, that honestly, like, from videos, I haven't watched a lot of videos, but what I've seen of it, it reminded me a lot of, like, um, Breath of the Wild. And I'm like, okay, so if I play Chia, I don't know that I will have enough juice left in the tank to play Zelda when it comes out. I can only do certain amounts of certain genres per year. So I may be tactically saving that juice for Zelda maybe but also I will say I'm just a little bit annoyed with this game personally and this is 
this is just a me, Brad, editor of GameCritics.com specific gripe that I probably nobody in the world shares. Um, but I talked to PR about this. PR was hammering me about this game uh, at least two or three emails a week, and they were very loud and vocal about it. And this is not a knock against PR. I love the PR company. Not going to name names, but they're great people. We have a great relationship. This is not a knock against PR. But they're like, yeah, chia, 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 chia. And I'm like, okay, cool. Do you guys have any codes? I'll check it out. No codes. And I'm like, okay, well, uh, I guess I'm not going to bother with this then. And it's not PR's fault. Uh, whoever was in charge of this just was not either was either not distributing codes to us specifically because we've been burned off the PlayStation list, or they simply Ugh. just didn't have codes to give out. Whichever way it was, I don't know whichever way it was. No codes, and I mean, like real talk, dude. I get I get so many free codes a fucking day that when someone's like, I want you to do this game and I want you to buy it and play it, but I can't give you code. I'm just like, no. I I have so many other. That's like that's like being at a fucking buffet, an all you can eat buffet. And someone's like, please buy this burger. Well, I've got this whole buffet in front of me. It's all free. But but please buy this burger. Okay. No, I'm not going to do that. I've got all this other food in front of me. I'm going to eat the free food, and I'm not going to get the burger. So, again, I realize this is hyper-specific and really passionate and stupid. But like, it is. As it is. It is. I'm, I'm totally saying it is. But like, as a game critic and as an editor and doing this thing for 20 fucking years, when I have 10 codes that I already don't have time for, and then someone wants me to buy a game to check out their game, the answer is just no. Okay, so that's a I rely very, on you. Yeah, yeah that, that that is my jam, and I own that's that. That's your jam, yeah. But I'm waiting for you to come back and tell me it's amazing, or I'm going to listen to podcasts or people on Twitter to tell me. And if and if the word of mouth builds up and builds up and builds up, then I'll be like, okay, cool, I'll go for it. But I'm not going to buy it sight unseen, and, you know, and just give it a shot. You know what I'm saying? Let me go back in time. The first thing you said was the probably the most uh, the, the biggest reason why you might not play it because I don't have the uh, thing where I can only play one open world game at a time. Because you know, I play all of them. Yeah, you like so, them more than I do. For yeah, sure, yeah, so I think that's really the only defining factor besides the PR thing. Because we can talk about that. That's such a very specific Brad thing. But um, I'll say one thing. So yeah, I think it might just be that. Because if you want to play Zelda, you're going to play Zelda, and that'll be all your time, and you don't have any time in the day. Right. So that'll probably be the reason you shouldn't play it. But I will say this. I and I don't say this very often, but I want to play this game all the time. Like I don't. Like, I, I don't want it to end. And there's, like, three games like that on my system right now. There's very few where I'm, like, I want to keep going back to them. Yeah. yeah. That's high praise for me because, like, everything about it is just fun to do. Uh, there was one other game where you possess objects. I forgot what it was. Or maybe two. Yeah, there's um, been a couple. It's not it's not all the time, but it's it, every once in a while. It happens. Yeah. yeah. It happens. And every time we've done it, I've played them and really enjoyed, like, messing around. But the difference is this one's not only that. It's two extra things, which are one, it's positive, right? Which I is mean, great. I'm in favor of positive for sure. You walk up to people, everyone's, I mean, there's still some like grumpy people. It's not like everyone's like the nicest person in the world, right, but right, right. it just doesn't feel like you're going to get that, um, you know, crazy negativity. And then also uh, it's it's a learning experience. Like we said earlier in the podcast, I learned about New Caledonia. I learned about um, even aspects of Australia and the coast and folk music and you know, mystical stuff. So any game that's going to do that and show and represent, you know, their people, I have to like say it's different than fucking Which Zelda. Which is pretty cool. I, I definitely think that's pretty yeah. cool. For sure. I've been playing Zelda since fucking I was a child. You know what I mean? Right, so right, right. I, I cannot be more over Zelda, but in general, you know, that has been done to death. And this is, you know, never, these stories have never been told, some of these stories. So uh, that's the other thing. But yeah, on the PR side of thing, um, that's just the bread thing. But Included in PlayStation Plus, by the way. 
Is it in included in place? Oh, it is right I now. Think, I think somebody. I think John from uh, Gaming the Wild told me that it was, and I actually let my PlayStation Plus lapse because I didn't really have any reason to hang on to it. But it might be worth. Uh, I don't know what the lower. Do you get it with the lower tier, or do you got to be in the middle tier? Do you know? I think it's just the whatever the regular first tier is. Oh, man, I, I'm confused. Oh, I don't know. Tiers. I don't know. I might sign I hate up it. with whatever. Yeah, yeah. Believe me, I might I hate sign back up for a month and just play this, and then then unsubscribe again. We'll see. I don't know. Oh yeah, it'd be cheaper to do that, obviously. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I did buy, I did buy it. Um, I, we won't go down this rabbit hole because we're almost done with the show. But I do think that's really important to uh, you know pay for certain things like this because again, these are people uh, small team. They're trying to get their word out. They're trying to talk uh, oh, about sure. their history. Oh, sure. And so I paid the thirty dollars, man. I paid the whole thirty dollars, and I really love that I paid it. I mean, that thirty dollars is going to go. I'm going to keep playing this game like all year. Like it's oh, just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I keep fucking around with it. So sure, sure, sure. I can't, well, can't say any more positive about it. I mean, that sounds great. And just to follow up with what you're saying, like, and I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea here. Like I, I buy indie games. I do buy games and I'm happy to throw money at people when I feel like it's something that I want to support or I, I like their work or whatever, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Like I'll buy every sweary 65 game that comes out or I'll buy, you know, every, you know, darkest dungeon game that comes out or something. Cause I know these teams and I want to support them and you know, you got to yep. put your money where your mouth is. That's, that's for sure. But with this being an unknown quantity, I am, I am much, much more hesitant to spend money on something until I know that it's something that I like or something that is worthwhile. So, but I'll, I'll check it out for sure. I mean, this, I bet my wife would probably dig this. I bet my kid would probably like it. Um, you know, even if I ended up not playing it, I bet the family would like it. I'll have to check it out. So it seems, seems like it's getting pretty good word of mouth and you're just kind of reinforcing that. So, well, what you just said is perfect examples. Like it's like, a, it's definitely a family game. Holy crap. Yeah, It's yeah, like yeah. a physics driven playground. Right. And so that's why I brought up Katamari. Like you literally roll around as a soccer ball and go through a goal, you know, or smash cans. And, like, you could just do that for, like, hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. why I think it's just, like, <clears throat> kind of for everybody. But anywho, uh, that's Chia. Check chi- check, check it out. Ch-ch-ch-ch-ch-chia. Get out. There you go. Uh, and for anybody who doesn't know why we said that, uh, I, I imagine oh, yeah, that's some people right. who don't that's know why we said that. Thing. That's an old person thing. If you Google Chia Pet uh, commercials on YouTube... Uh, they used to say that at the beginning of every Chia Pet commercial. Uh, so if you think we're losing our minds, uh, no, it's just a really, really old reference to call back. YouTube it. You'll see what we mean. It's a joke for the old folks like us. So just there you go. We're not crazy. Ch-ch-ch-chia. Check it out. <laughs> Check out that Chia out. Yes, absolutely. Uh, okay. A couple more games and we're out of here. Um, so this is a really strange one. I'm continuing my theme. This is the last game in my theme. This is combining Cosmic Horror and Underwater. Started with Cosmic Horror, went to Underwater. Now I got the both two things combined, had a theme. There it is. Is Dredge. I am talking about Dredge, mm. the full version, which is strange because we played the demo, uh, I want to say a month ago-ish, something like that. Uh, I think it was on the last show before you took some time off. So maybe three weeks ago. Uh, and then the PR representatives were nice enough to send me a code, which meant that I would play this. And I played this game. Uh, I loved it. Full disclosure, loved it. My review, written review is up at GameCritics.com. Uh, but I finished it and then I put it down and that was like two weeks ago. So I've, 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 I've lived two weeks of life since the last time I talked to this, or last time I, I did, I didn't talk to this game since the last time I played this game, which is weird because we're usually getting codes so close to review that it's like a rush to play them. And I love getting them early, but the downside of that is like, I played it like two weeks ago ish, maybe mm. more. And now I feel like it's old history. And yet the game's not even out yet, which is so weird. Well, it is uh, out now. Is it out now? Yeah, I think so. The embargo dropped, but I thought there were still 
multiple. Uh, no, no, no. I think it comes out on the thirtieth, doesn't it? I think it's four more days. I don't. Am I wrong? I think you're wrong. Hold on. I just saw saw it on PlayStation today. I know the review embargo dropped on the twenty third, and that was one week before release. So I'm pretty sure it drops on the thirtieth. At least on you're Switch. right. Yeah, pre-order. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. So it's not even out yet, and I already feel like it's old news, which is blowing my mind. But okay. But all right. Regardless of all that nonsense, um, this is a great game. You should play it. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, full disclosure: I gave it a nine out of ten over at Game Critics. If you want to check out my That's full comments, a high number for you. That is a very high number for me, and I'll tell you why. So, what is Dredge? This is the game where you play a fisherman on a boat, and you never leave the boat. You're always in the boat. And you go to this series of islands in this sea and you meet people in each of these islands and they all have these different quests for you. And basically, there's a lot of like spooky stuff going on. There's definitely a really, really, really heavy Lovecraft vibe, cosmic horror sort of thing. There's weird stuff in the water. There's fish, but there's also like weird mutated fish. There are ruins here and there. There's um, people in robes doing some pretty sus stuff that you don't know about. Um, So there's all sorts of weird stuff. But at the same time, it's also like a fishing game. Um, at, at the base, base identity of this game is catch fish, earn money, upgrade your boat. That's the basic thing. But then on top of that, they have these little bits of Lovecraft story, weird people to meet, weird quests to go. And then there's also like the cosmic horror through everything. So, um, I think this game is pretty brilliant. Number one, uh, as I said earlier during the, uh, the, uh, omens section, uh, Elder Sign. I like Cosmic Horror and I like Lovecraft, but I don't want to play another first person uh, psychological or shooter. This is taking Lovecraft stuff and doing something completely different with it. This is, as far as I know, the only fishing simulator combined with Lovecraft, which is a pretty, it seems like a crazy idea, but when you realize how much time Lovecraft spent writing about fish in underwater, it kind of makes more sense. He spent a lot of time talking about the ocean. He was really scared to shit of it. And so that why it's why it comes up in his writing so much. Mm. Um, so it makes it makes more sense once you you get kind of below the surface of it. But basically, you go around, and what I like most about this is the economy, the sparseness of it, and the quickness of this game because it moves at a great pace from start to finish. Um, the developers were very wise in that they they know a little goes a long way. So like when you are at a town, um, you dock up with your boat, but you don't go into the town. You just these little menu windows pop up. You talk to people in menu, which is great because you don't waste time. With some weird half-assed third-person interface, you don't walk up and down the streets looking for people. You just get to the town window. You want to talk to the fishmonger. Do you want to talk to the shipwright? Do you want to talk to the mayor? Do you want to talk to the lighthouse keeper? Just talk to them real quick. That's it. Just do it fast. When you talk to them, it's just a couple lines. But they're well-written, and I think that they communicate what they need to. They give you a little bit of creepy. They give you a little bit of mystery. They give you a hint towards your next goal. That's it. That's all you need. You don't need reams and reams and reams of writing, which is also something that Lovecraft games tend to do. It's like... He wrote the books. The books are there. You can read the books at any time. Do not give me a book because if I wanted that, I would go do that. What I want is something that captures that flavor but does not make me read an entire book. And that's what they do. They give you a couple lines. You get in. You talk to somebody. You you bounce. You get back out on the water. And when you're out on the water, um, they are really, really smart when it comes to the fishing because you're going to have to do a lot of fishing. That's what this game is about. But it's so quick and so painless and so friction-free. I love it. Like basically you're out in the water. You see little splashes in the water, which tells you there's a fish there. When you pull up in your boat, you can see the shape of the fish, and all the fish have different shapes. So let's say, for example, you've had a quest. Someone's like, bring me three salmon. And you're like, okay, cool. In any other fishing game, you would just pick any random spot and just fish forever until you found three salmon, right? Mm -hmm. But in this one, you pull up to that spot. You look at the shape. You're like, this is not a salmon. Leave. And you will just drive around until you find a spot that has salmon, which are identifiable very easily. You're like, here's a salmon. Boom. Fish. Get exactly the fish you need. And when you do the minigame, 
It's very quick. There's none of that um, tension in the line. Pulling the, it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah none, of the, none of that shit. It's just like a little circle thing. You hit the, the button to the beat, basically. Boom, 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 salmon. Done. Got it. Move on. Boom, boom, boom. Salmon. Another one. Done. Because it's not about that process. It's more about the other stuff, right? Exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah. They want you to fish. They know you're going to catch a thousand fish. But each fish, is just, it's just like a, you're just doing it, right? You're pro, pro fisherman. You're great at this. You don't need to struggle. There's no line tension. Yeah. No red. No that. No little ding, 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 ding when your line's about to break or any of that shit. Like you just, you just catch the fish. It is very straightforward and fast, which I appreciate because you do it a lot. So you get through it quickly. You get your fish, you come back. And then as you go, people have quests. Somebody will be like, hey, catch me one of those weird three-eyed fish. Or, hey, there's a hidden cave that I need to find uh, a treasure in. Can you please go get that for me? Um, they do a great job of incorporating like different kinds of quests while always keeping them very simple, very straightforward. Um, you barely ever get lost. You barely ever don't know what to do. Like Everything is really focused. It just really flows very well. And every challenge you get is um, interesting, but also not arduous, not tedious. Uh, the islands are small enough to where you feel like you're exploring, but you're not getting lost. Uh, you're not overwhelmed by what you're doing. You're always kind of curious to see what comes around the next corner. Uh, and then when you get there, it feels manageable. Like you you take in the lay of the land pretty quickly. Um, you do what you need to do, and it's fun and involving. It furthers the story, which is great. And it furthers the environment, which is cool. And then you you don't get bogged down. Like you're never just drowning in it, which I think is wonderful. Um, drowning in it, pun intended. Exactly. I got a lot of a lot of puns going on here. Real quick question though. I'm yeah. seeing the storage and the in the inventory. It looks like Resident Evil. It is exactly like that. And you know I'm a sucker for that. So that yeah. is a plus for me. Yeah. Some people didn't care for that. I think that's fun and I really enjoy it. Um you start off with a small boat and the the boat looks exactly like Resident Evil storage box, where you've got a fishing pole, a fishing net, you gotta have uh, you catch fish, you put them in there. Whatever other gear you have has to fit in there, and you can rotate things and make them fit. I thought that was fun as fuck. I think that's really fun. Uh, I get that some people don't think that's fun, but I think it's really fun. So it worked for me. And you can upgrade your boat. Your boat gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and you got to install like lights, and you got to install bigger motors, and still make everything fit. So I think that's a really fun aspect of it too. You have storage back at your base. You can stick some stuff in there. And there's other another thing that's really smart about this game is the resources and economy. Um, I almost never. There was only one point in the game of the entire game where I ran out of like a resource and I had to go get it. Otherwise I always had enough on hand uh, because I was kind of picking it up as I went and I just, I never ran out of money. You can fish for stuff, but there's also a lot of ways to get passive income, which is really smart. You can have a trawling net on the back of your boat. You just, you put it in the water and then you go wherever you're going. And along the way you catch fish for free. You catch them in the net. It's just like free money. You can get the crab pots, which are super valuable. You just get these crab pots, you uh, dump them in the ocean you leave for a couple days, you come back, it's full of crab, you sell it for a bunch of money, it's free money, it's easy, you didn't have to really do anything. So they, they make sure that they keep you moving forward without ever bogging you down. And like I said, there was only one time, which was kind of a weird happenstance that I ran out of a resource, but otherwise had plenty of money, had no problems finding resources, it was not a big deal, it wasn't, it wasn't a task that you had to do, it just... It just kind of happened, you know, like it just it flowed naturally. The economy was really well, well done because, again, they don't want you fishing for hours and hours. I mean, they want you to do a little bit, but keep the story moving, keep the adventure going, find a new quest, keep things going. So I do That's really well. It's all really well done. Um, I think the Cthulhu elements are really awesome, too, because um, part of Cthulhu and Lovecraft is like going crazy, acknowledging that there are things out there that are bigger than humanity can drive someone mad. They do that really well when you get tired. Um things happen on the water. I'm not going to spoil it. Uh, when you do certain things that are mystical or creepy in nature, it kind of makes you unbalanced and things will happen. You'll see things on the water. Uh, things get a little dangerous. I'm not going to spoil it because I think discovering these is like half the fun. 
Um, but I thought it was really well done. It was really smart. It was never too much. I never uh, got into like serious trouble where I, you know, got mad or sunk my boat or anything. Like it was never punitive, but it was really cool. And the other thing that's really cool about this is how they incorporate it into the main quests. There's uh, like five island clusters, I guess, and each one has their own theme. And each one of these could be its own little micro Lovecraft story. So um, in one area, like not to, I'm not, I'm trying not to spoil anything, but um, there are creatures in the water that you don't want to fight. And true to Lovecraft form, uh, no one ever goes up and like punches Cthulhu in the face or anything. Like you look at him and you go crazy. So in this the same spirit, when you find these creatures, most of the time you can't do shit to them. Like you need to just run away or be clever about it. Maybe do something else. Um, and I thought that was great. Like you never have combat. There's no combat. Yeah, there's no guns, ask. ammo, no combat, no guns, no ammo, nothing like that. Because those cosmic terrors are just so far above humanity. You can't fight them. So you're often running away or or trying to figure out what their schedule is and go around them or figure out some other kind of solution where you are not fighting them because you can't win, uh, which is very true to Lovecraft. So I thought those themes were incorporated really, really well. Um, some of the quests were really cute and fun. I mean, altogether, this was a really, really fantastic game. I literally could not put it down once I started playing. Uh, I went through the whole game in, I think, two or three days, and I just I had a blast with it. Um, very, very few complaints. Um, one of the quests that I didn't care for had a hidden time limit on it, which is weird because most of the quests you can take as long as you want. It feels very much like just get to it whenever you want to get to it. Uh, but there's four quests, I think, in the game that have a hidden time limit that they don't, they don't tell you about. And so I, I activated them. I'm like, oh, whatever, I'll come back later. And I did some other shit. Come back, and all of a sudden I can't finish it because I waited too long. So that didn't oh, feel yeah. good. I don't, I don't care for that. Um, there is one part in the game. The one time that I ran out of resources, um, it was a really weird thing where this person wants you to catch a specific fish, and you need a specific fishing pole. They give you like half of the stuff that you need. And I had literally just spent all my resources right before I did that. And so I'm like, oh, well, I just spent all my stuff. I can't buy the other half of the gear I need. Why did you not just give it to me? So I had to like pause the game, went and found some resources. To be fair, it took me like 15, 20 minutes. It wasn't a big deal, right? Like even even worst case scenario, it wasn't a big deal. It was just weird because just give that to me and I could have just rolled on with the game. It was like a weird stopping point. Mm. Um, but other than that, uh, the story wraps up, which I thought was a perfect ending. I thought it was really great. Um, had a good time. Oh, okay, okay, okay. One more thing, one more thing. The, the biggest problem with this game that I wish they fixed. Uh, they probably won't, but they will uh, in a future game, perhaps. Um, I wanted the ability to drop my own map marker. That was the one thing that I really felt like this game really lacked because sometimes you'll come across an island and you're like, oh, here's a thing. Um, I can't do it now, but I want to come back later, uh, but I'm going to forget. And I can't remember, you know, which part of the island. Was it the south side, east side? Which one of these five islands was it? Like, it's pretty easy to forget where you're at. And so I really wish I could have just put a pin down and be like, you know, come back later. I mean, lots of games do that. That's a pretty common thing. Yeah. Uh, could not do that in this game, which I thought was a problem. That was my biggest co complaint because I very often was like, oh, I found the thing. Now I need to, uh, where did it go? Who needed this thing again? Uh, I can't remember. And I didn't keep a notepad or anything. I didn't, I didn't write down notes with my hand, um, which I hate doing. So that was my only big complaint. But other than that, uh, Dredge is fucking awesome. I had a great time with it. Wonderful spin on Cthulhu and Lovecraft in a very different way. Um, fishing uh, quickly, smooth moving, fast paced, great story. I thought it was wonderful. I had a blast with it. Yeah, it seems like it's more about the adventure and not about the fishing. It's exactly, like, exactly. Th that's part of it, but the Lovecraftian story and kind of how you get through things 
and it seems pretty straightforward so people can like play it and beat it and then kind of enjoy that experience Oh, uh, totally i was gonna ask you about the combat but you already told me there's not really that it's more just like escaping it and stuff like that yeah um, yeah so yeah i'm kind of all in with this come on every platform uh ever like it's on good old games uh, even <laughs> so that's wow. that's cool and uh check it out but um you reminded me of something really quick yeah so check it out but you said map and the, i forgot to mention the only thing i don't really like about chia uh, besides the frame rate, I wish it was a little better sometimes, um, is that uh, you can't, it and the map, it doesn't show you where you are. Oh, what? Which you go, what in the world would that ever be a reason? I'm guessing because you're a little girl and you don't know and they're trying to do something with the story bit. But, Ugh. and believe me, I hate it. When you, when you click in on the map, it says, we think you're in this area and they show a circle. We think you are like you're not sure. <laughs> yeah, and I'm guessing again, maybe it's because the with the story bit, like the fact that the girl doesn't know where she is. I don't know, but every time you find signs or you put your own pins down or you, um, you know, find locations or something, they're on the map. And so, okay, well that's good at least. Yeah, I didn't get lost, lost, but it's almost like it it encouraged me to be like explore this place like you would explore. Right, and right, don't right. be like just go from point A to point B and fast travel. So, while it was annoying at times, um, I kind of do. I'm, I'm kind of okay with it. But anyways, okay, all right. Good um, to know. Good to know. Check out Dredge. Check out Chia. All right. Last game of the show is one that uh, I did not plan on playing, but I knew you were playing, so I decided to play it so we could both talk about it. Have a nice death. Uh, this one just came out recently, maybe a week ago or something like that. Two D rogue light platformer actiony game and you were the one uh, that tipped me off about it so why don't you uh fill us in tell us about have a nice death yeah i saw it because watching youtube uh someone was playing it and they were like i died again and i was like oh uh, what's that about uh ears perked up but also i saw the graphics and i think we had i don't know if we had talked about it or we had mentioned it I do remember seeing it somewhere yeah we saw a tra- it was trailer. like the nintendo direct or something like that i think yeah maybe. yeah so it's, you know, you play as Death, the Grim Reaper, uh, but like a chibi version. It's like a smaller version. Um, there's a spec story. It's not very long, but essentially you're kind of in a corporate America uh, office building kind of thing, although a pretty dark and creepy one. And, you're, you know, you're managing all the deaths that come in, which is there's a lot of them, you know, because it's sad. <laughs> Life. Uh, we're all going to die, people. Anyways, <laughs> it's a dark turn. Yeah, it's kind of dark, yes. Um, you basically play as a little death character with a sickle or scythe or whatever it's called, and you go through these runs and to beat a boss. And then you go through these, I think, are they uh, procedurally generated maps? I believe they are, yes. Yeah, they feel like they are. Um, and it's similar to like a lot of roguelikes who played Hades and Cult of the Lamb kind of in a way, where you, you know, when you're going through this maze, you can pick different um sections that you want to try so like you get to a door at the end of a level it says hey you want to pick from one of these three things do you want to go to the basement do you want to go to the special library area or whatever and that'll change what the landscape of that level is going to be like and so it's like four or five levels and you get to a boss that's kind of the gameplay and there's a hub uh and the hub is really cool because all the little characters are very cool i love the art style it's definitely like tim burton Right, it just feels like uh, yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas or something. Cutesy, creepy sort of a thing. Yep. Yeah, and um, what I was hoping 
there's definitely a butt here. There's not a big butt. <laughs> what I was hoping is this game would be more like Cult of the Land because it is cutesy, because it is a hub that's pretty big, like many, many rooms, right, in this hub. Uh, you go to too a many rooms, I think. There's quite a lot. There's a, yeah, there's there's a lot. A gym and stuff, and there's like libraries and stuff. But as you went to them all, I noticed you could upgrade them, and I was like, oh, maybe this will be like Cult of the Land vibes, where I feel that I want to walk around and talk to people here, and then go out and do runs. And on paper, that's kind of what it's set up to be, right? Yeah, um, yeah a two D yeah. version of that. Or even like, uh, I feel like they were really aping um, Hades in the same way, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like lots of folks in your hub, and then you you talk to them, and new new story pops up, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I'm just I bring in cult because of the chibi characters. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, same, too. yeah, same, same vibe, same vibe. Music's great, by the way. I love it. It's beautiful. And one of my favorite things is every time you die, you come back to the main area, your office, or your desk, and it does that song that never gets old for me. Um, welcome to the afterlife. I just love I, it. I did not play with the sound on. I don't know. Oh, you don't know sounds like. in games. That's yeah, so I don't funny. know. I didn't. I didn't have my headphones on. Sorry. It's like really, <laughs> it helps when you come back because you're like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm not that mad. Um, but yeah, the, the the biggest but we'll just do it right away is that while I enjoy the gameplay, you upgrade your your weapons. You can talk on that if you want a little bit. But each level, you know, you're going to get different runs. So you get different weapon choices. Uh, you there's some uh, upgrades that are permanent, but that's one of my, there's two butts. One of the butts is the upgrades don't feel feel significant enough. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Some of the things are like a slap in the face by the developer, which is like uh, one of the upgrades says you get a one percent chance to find a better weapon. One percent chance. Get out of here! Yeah, you can go to hell for that upgrade. Like that's just a really mean thing to do. Um, so there's things like that where you're like, I didn't feel like I was getting any better. And then the other one is the bosses. They are patterns. And yes. I don't like any game really like that at all. Even roguelikes, like Cult of the Lamb and stuff like that, that's more like, uh, what's it called? Skill-based in a way, where like you fuck around, you blow up a thing, there's physics, it you know, explodes this other thing, and you won, you know? But you're not like... There's some patterns, you know, that's going to shoot things out to the sides or whatever, but you can win a lot of different ways uh, in Cult of the Land bosses. And this one, you can't. You fucking can't. Brad is the first boss, right? It is Brad. It is literally Brad. It's you. It was, it was you funny. controlling yes. it. Yeah. Yes, it was me. And the I, couldn't, whole time. I couldn't beat you. Fun fact, couldn't beat you. Played this game for a games. long time. Yeah, you're really good. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, I, like, I, I still had fun... This is my final review, actually. Okay. I right. still had a lot of fun with the levels. Like, it's very fun to go through the levels. I had a lot of fun with it. I never not had fun. And I was like, just owning the levels. I didn't feel any challenge at all, in a way. Like, it was just kind of fun. Got to know when to dodge. It was fun. And then I got to the end and would die because I didn't know the level or the boss pattern. So yeah. that, that's, I can never play a game like that. Well, it's interesting that you say that because um, I think on paper, I should like this game a lot more than I do. And mm-hmm. I actually don't really like it that much. Um, uh, good things first. Um, I think the animation is pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, really beautiful animation. And I think that's really what got my attention. Um, if you just look at the trailer or you just see it in motion for a few minutes, YouTube, whatever, you're like, wow, that's like really smooth looking uh, the way that the the Reaper moves and his weapons move. And it's all just like super fluid and really attractive. So that was, I mean, really well done. I think the animation is great. Um, but I had like 
a lot of problems with this game. It starts off with a really good first impression, but as you get further into it, or at least as I got further into it, I, I liked it less and less and less and less. Um, I think the biggest problem I had with it overall is that for a roguelite, you should really have variety. That's really something that keeps it going. Having each run feel slightly different um, is really what this genre is all about. And I feel like this game fails pretty hard at that. Um, you can change up your weapon, your scythe. There's there's the base scythe, which looks just like, you know, the stick with the blade on it. But then you get like dual, dual knife-like scythes. You get one that's almost like a yo-yo, which was pretty cool. Um, but they all basically feel kind of the same. Like as I was going through, I didn't really notice that my play style was changing. I didn't really notice that I was changing my behavior. Um, regardless of what weapon I had, I kind of was doing the same thing which is already a warning sign, um, despite having all these options. I think by the time I finished playing the game, I had like three different scythes, and I think I had I had tried maybe four or eight different kinds of like sub-weapons you can get. There's a ton and, of them, too. Yeah, there's a bunch, Range. and you unlock more as you go. Like you have to like kill 100 enemies with the sword, and then you get the knife, and then you kill 100 enemies with the knife, and then you get the yo-yo or whatever. You know, like it, it's kind of like thing where... You can't just unlock them at first. You have to like play a bunch um, to unlock more of what you get. And so part of that was like looking at that, going like, "Okay, I that's a lot, and I don't know that I like this game that much." And seeing how long the road was ahead of me was a little bit discouraging. Um, but also, it just it just didn't feel that different. Um, and I think part of that is the the procedural levels. Um, I just I don't think there's enough value in those levels uh, as you're going through them. Enemy variety is not great. Um, it is like per biome they change, but like when you're within a certain biome, there's not a lot of enemies and they all kind of do the same thing. It's not really interesting to fight them and you end up going through four or five levels of boring enemy fights that feel not really valuable and then you get to the boss fight and then the bosses are all like way tougher than anything in the level. Yeah. So it's like, and, and, and I'm not saying that I'm complaining about this game being easy because I don't, I don't want to say that, but what I'm saying is you kind of just sleepwalk through the levels and you don't feel like you're getting really stronger. You don't feel like you're getting anything worthwhile. You get to the boss and then the bosses are like really tough. I was actually really surprised by how much damage the bosses were doing to me when I first got there. Cause it's like night and day different. The enemies will chip you for like a pixel and you get to the boss and he chunks you for like, you know, like a, like a quarter of your life or something. Or one like, Whoa. shot. Yeah. yeah. Or like, yeah, sometimes. So I was like, Whoa, that seems really weird. And after doing that, I honestly think that this game should just be a boss rush. I don't say that often, but the most interesting content of this game is fighting the bosses and seeing their different animations and patterns. And I know you don't like that, so that's not going to work for everybody. But I thought the main levels were so boring and so empty that there wasn't really much point in me going through them because you just go through this whole level, you get a small little perk, go through another level, get a small little perk. So you're going to get three or four perks by the end of the run. Honestly, I would have rather you just let me pick the four perks and fight the boss and save all the time of going through the level because it's not... It's not interesting. Well, the level design's not interesting. It's it's pretty boring, I think. Let me counterpoint though, because the okay. fun that I was having was the fluidity of the levels. I agree that that they're not fun and like are interesting, right? Or diverse. Yeah. They're like go left or go right, and that's exactly, it, right? Yeah. And and to this point, the enemies don't seem like they get stronger. Like I mean, I did like a hundred, well, not a hundred, but like they're like forty runs or something, you know, or thirty or something. And like every time I went through, I was like. It felt, again, the act of doing it felt fun to go dodge, shmoop, ding, bing, boom. But because they weren't getting harder and they were just like, just tap them and they're gone, yeah. then I didn't feel like I had any sort of buildup to the boss because it was just this extreme jump. 
So it's almost like if they had a mini boss or something. Oh, no, wait, there is a mini there boss. There are mini bosses. And yeah, I chose to do that. And I enjoyed that. I actually enjoyed that because I was like, oh, I am better now. And I, I was able to take out those mini bosses. So, but yeah, I think more of that stuff. And I don't, don't feel the progression. Like, yeah, the progression all. does not feel good. You don't really feel like you're getting stronger. You don't feel like you're. You're getting good. I mean, uh, it, it's kind of hard to encapsulate because I think that it, it's all about fine tuning the knobs of a roguelike. And that's a really delicate process. I'm not I'm not saying it's easy, but as I'm playing this, like a lot of the power ups I got did not feel good. And knowing that I had to, like, go through so many runs before I'd be able to lock stuff um, didn't feel good. It didn't feel in the same way of something like um, like a rogue legacy where you can choose which you want to upgrade and kind of tailor your experience or often a lot of roguelikes, when you pick up something in the level, you immediately feel different. You know, like a Binding of Isaac or something like that, where you pick up a weapon. All of a sudden, the thing that you were just doing one minute ago is totally different now because your bullets bounce or because you have a sword now instead of a gun or yeah. something. And, like, it just kind of changes the way that you go. It, it doesn't feel like that. And I think they've kind of missed what makes a good roguelike good in this. Um, so I kind of think it would be better off as a boss rush where you just do the most interesting fights and then just get a bunch of power-ups in between, I think would be cool. Just let you customize your character a little bit faster and not do all the busy work in between because I'm not going to go through these levels and kill a thousand of this enemy and a thousand of this enemy before I can lock the new weapon. It's just, it, it's, it's close, but it's not quite there. And I think also, um, big downside let me use the d-pad please like i could not use the d-pad you have to use the analog stick for literally no reason there's no function mapped to the d-pad the analog stick is not as precise when you're playing a 2d platformer uh i was really mad that i couldn't use the d-pad because that's how i like to play my platformers so that Mm. sucked i feel like the bosses or the the buttons were also wonky um how they're mapped to the controller and what the tutorials tell you is really weird and i think they should have gone through that one more time um also i don't know where you playing on ps5 or were you playing this Yes, PlayStation, I think. And also, I remapped the dodge button immediately to B yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to do that, but then I, I needed to do that. I didn't, didn't do it, but I should have done it. But also, load times on Switch are annoyingly long. They're probably different on PS5, but like between levels, it's just like, ugh. Like, it goes on for like 15 oh. seconds too long, and I'm like, this is painful. It's there's, really annoying. There's so. no load time on PS5. Okay. Yeah. I, I figured. I figured. So anyway, it's, it's, it's a cool idea. Uh, I feel like they should have just... I don't know. I feel like they just they just missed the boat by a hair. I feel like this is really close to being a pretty cool game, uh, but it's just it's just not quite there for me. And I I actually uh, I think after my first day, I was like, okay, I'm good. Like I get it, and I think it's I have a pretty good grasp of this game, and I I didn't have a hard time walking away from it. I'll say that. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I thought it was yeah. going to be my next cult of the lamb. I'm like, I like roguelikes, you know, of different yeah. varieties. But yeah, I don't I don't um, I don't want to do a pattern in general. I know you can do that more than I can. But I will just jump out the window before I do a boss pattern. Um, literally. <laughs> well, shut your windows first before you start playing the next game. Yeah, so. I know. Yeah. All right. All right. So that is Have a Nice Death. Sounds like kind of a mess for both of us. But all right. All right. That's uh, that's the way it goes. We did cover a lot of games this week. We're almost yes. on the show. Just a couple things really quickly before we go. This is our standard TV movie section. I've got three things, Carlos. But you want, you want me to start? Three? You want to start? Holy yeah. smokes. Okay. I only have one thing. I just wanted to re re not rebuttal but just like add on to your joel discussion from last week you want to go first you want to go last i should go last because it's a kind of a long-winded thing just tell me these uh these quick hits really quickly um watching poker face yeah uh starring natasha leon i mentioned it last week we finished it uh yesterday i believe wow i you know honestly i think this might be natasha leon's best thing i think this might be her best thing i think she's a great fit for the character this is where she plays a person who can tell 
100% for certain when someone is lying to her. That's her only quote-unquote superpower. Other than that, she's a totally normal person. And she gets herself in these crazy scrapes, like crime happens and people stealing and people getting killed. And she gets mixed up in all this like misadventure. Um, but she's really sharp. It's obviously an homage to Columbo. Uh, which I think is really interesting after all these years, but like the font and the tone, her acting, she makes many references to Columbo, which is really kind of fun and neat. Um, but I think she's great. It's a great character for her. Uh, the story seemed to be at first to be like eight or 10 disconnected uh, episodes, but they actually brought it all together at the end and it all stitched together in a really wonderful way. Um, it came to a natural conclusion. So if they don't do anything else with it, I feel satisfied with that. Although I would be more than happy to watch an entire other season if they want to bring her back. I think it was great. So I, you know, I think this was pretty fantastic. It starts a little slow, but give it a chance. And I think by episode two or three, like it's popping and then it just gets better and better and better. Yeah. And boy, they, it's not a procedural. We thought it was going to be procedural, but it is not like they're, they do some pretty wild things with the writing towards the end of the series. So. Yeah. It's got a through line and I yeah. think I brought it to the show. I want to say a few weeks did ago. You? Oh, yeah, maybe you did you? I'm pretty maybe sure I did, did. but uh, I'm glad you're watching it. Did and you finish the whole thing? I didn't finish yet though. So you're reminding me to finish oh, the thing dude, that go I Go back said. and finish it, man. Go back no, and finish I, it. I'm really close. I feel like I know it's going to kind of happen anyhow, but like you said, that natural conclusion I'm excited to get to. So uh, yeah, hundred percent agree with that. Great stuff. The other show I'm watching right now is called Wreck, W-R-E-C-K. I think this is on Hulu, and I think this is from, I want to say it's from Australia, maybe? It is a six-episode, really short, uh, limited series. It's about a bunch of teenagers who are on a cruise ship, and there's also a slasher serial killer on the cruise ship, and there's also, like, mystery. Uh, but it's more than that. It's also uh, the lead character, the guy is gay, and the lead uh, girl character is lesbian, and so they portray them both as normal healthy regular queer people who are fine and that's not even even remotely the focus of the thing it's just about who they are and they they show the whole thing in a really positive light um and it's really cute and there's some romance and it's funny it's it's not too dark it's not like really super bloody or anything although there are a couple bloody moments but it's not really about that Uh, but i feel like overall it's just a really fun watch it's really quick seeing these guys getting these misadventures on the boat and really trying to figure out who's doing it and who's behind it is really fun. So hmm. really liking Wreck a lot. And it's only, I think, six episodes. So it's a really quick watch. It's it's good stuff for sure. Okay. Uh, last thing I want to give a shout out to uh, is Razorback, a movie from, I want to say, 1984, 86. You ever seen this one? I don't know. I'm going to look it up right now. It doesn't sound familiar. Yeah, it is from the same director of Highlander, I believe. I don't know his name at the moment, but this is about a giant razorback uh, boar in the outback of Australia who ravages this town and kills a bunch of people. But it is not just about that. This movie is fucking wild, dude. I I never knew what a wild movie this was. Uh, I was talking to Mike Bracken, the horror geek, who was a former member of Game Critics and a good friend of mine. Uh, he was talking about this on Twitter, and I'm like, oh, shit, I... I was meant to watch this and I never did. Uh, so I watched it the other day and it is like face meltingly weird. It is so strange. It seems like Mad Max in some ways. It seems like Jaws in some ways. Some of the visuals are just like so killer 80s visuals, like the really rich, intense lighting and some of the strange camera shots they do. And just it's got that energy from the 80s where you would go into like a blockbuster or like a Hollywood video or something. And all you had to go on was the picture on, on the front of the VHS case. Right. And you look at these and you'd be like, man, this looks crazy. Is it, is it, does it go hard? Is it funny? Is it romance? Is it sexy? Is it funny? Like, so you just don't know. Right. And you would go watch this movies almost at random and you'd be surprised by like what would happen. It feels like 
it almost reminds me of like the adventurous development days on like PS1 or PS2 where like any game could be anything and you never knew what it was and genres weren't really established and yeah. you know directors are trying wild techniques and stuff. That was the 80s, man, and I feel like this is absolutely one of those where you think it's going to be a pretty straightforward killer pig and it's like, whoa, no. The people you don't think are going to die get killed. Uh, the weirdest shit happens that you don't expect and like all these strange like zigzags in the story and the visuals are just like super like saturated and crazy looking. It was wild, wild film. I thought it was amazing. My son really liked it too. Um, check it out. Razorback is 100% like like superb 80s movie if you want to get a feel for like what the cutting edge was like back then. Oh my gosh, without going over time because we are already over time, but tangent, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that's why I liked a lot of that horror movie documentary stuff we watched oh, yeah, and yeah, talked yeah, about on the that. podcast yeah, because yeah. it was showcasing that weird time in the VHS era where it's like, we're going to just try a bunch of shit. Um, see what sticks, dude. See Absolutely. what sticks. Cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, wait, All right, one, so one that's more really show. Good. I'm going to yeah, think yeah, of it because you made me think of it with um, yeah. your rec uh, show. And, and it's not a... Uh, I'm not saying people should watch it, but I know everybody's watching it already. Is Yellow Jackets? Which did you talk oh, about? Oh yeah, it? I want to see that, but I don't have the service that it's on. It's on Showtime? one one episode's free on Amazon, and then you can yeah you can get the subscription. Maybe can for you Showtime. get it on Amazon? You can get it on Amazon episode one, the pilot for free, and but that, the rest of it. Then. The rest of it you can I think no you, they make you buy a Showtime subscription. Okay. Um, there's other ways of getting it though too. Sure. Uh, or so I hear. Yeah. yeah. So, so I hear. So. Um, I just want to say this about it. One, I wanted to love it, and I don't. I think I'm out because uh, I just want to make this known t- to the world, especially people who might want to start it. it, it it's like beautifully and, and darkly made and produced. Like it's like you know produced really well. It has a lost vibe because it's about an airplane that crashes, and I won't say anything more because it's all like a surprise. Really, it's just like a group of women surviving after a plane crash, right? Is that the, the basic premise? But the 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 part that's like lost is they go back and forward in time. Okay, I, didn't, Which, I don't know really anything about it. So Yeah, so it has a Lost vibe. And one of the women in the series is from Lost, which is fun. Oh, really? Um, okay. I don't think anyone will remember that, but I noticed her. Um, anyway, so it's like good and dark, and it reminds me of a bunch of stuff that's happening right now, like Euphoria. You know, it's got vibes of Euphoria and stuff. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But what they're doing is it's they're and I'm probably the only human or a few humans that will say this, but they're jumping into that Game of Thrones vibe where – Early on, I will spoil this for people so they don't like get scarred. Early on, the girls are just in a, remember, this is flashbacks and flash forwards. Yeah, the girls are just in school, and like one girl tries to, you know, fight another girl and like trips her, and her leg breaks, but her, her leg comes out of her fucking, you know, the bone comes out. Compound fracture. Yeah, but the bone's out. It's fucking gross. Mm-hmm. It's the creepiest thing in the world to see. No one wants to see that. It's like, it's traumatizing. Sure. That's like what they show early on, and they're like, you know, foreshadowing that it's going to get fucking dark, bro. <laughs> I hated that. I hated they showed it. I knew what they were doing. And then episode two or something, yeah. like some other guy drops down, minor spoiler. He already has a spear in him. They try to rescue him. He falls and like smashes his head open. I'm like, fuck off. I get what you're doing, but you know that that series is going to keep doing that shit. They're going to be like, look at us. We're being so dark. Look what people go to. Uh, The extremes they go through when they're left in an island. I'm mad about this, dude. Now I'm getting just as mad as I was at Game of Thrones. I can tell. Because they're doing great acting, great production, great idea and concept. But they're going to, I'm out. I'm out. I'm fucking out. Because the minute that third person like got a gross death, I was like, I know what you're doing here. You're leading me down this path, 
to care about these characters. And I'm going to realize that all these people are fucking terrible and people are going to rip people's faces off. And I don't want it. You know, I don't fucking want it. So I think those shows, here's my last statement. Here's the last thing. I think that, uh, how do I make this not as dark as I want to say? I think that type of storytelling and movie making and stuff like that, and even maybe not as games as much, but I think it's bad for like the planet. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Because I think that obviously in the specific time, there's a lot of darkness, blah, blah, blah. But also it's just like, we can go down two paths in this universe or that we're at least the one that we're in. And I just feel like when we touch too much of the dark path, uh, man, this sounds bad. I'm just making blanket statements, but it's just the same thing when like Game of Thrones happened and the guy um, took his thumbs and stuck them into his eyeballs, right? I, I say that right now and people are like, oh, you don't have to say that, Carlos. Well, that was the show, you know? And, and then they lingered on that moment and let the eyes spurt, right? I'm saying this for effect, Brad. I've never seen the show, but I'm, I'm following you. That right happens here. in Game of Thrones like nothing. People are like, oh, yeah, that part when he killed that guy. I'm like, no. He did something fucked up that was dark, and then you guys lingered on it, and the camera lingered on it, and that I don't want that to be commonplace. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just feel like there's yeah. a humanity that gets lost, and I know this sounds grandiose, but I feel like the first episode when they have her leg come out, wildly out, man, blood everywhere. Yeah. There, there's literally no reason for that. We, you had the girl fall. She breaks her leg. She's holding it. I think it's broken done you know what i mean right there's another level here and this is my final soapbox that i think that we have to just watch as humans as we make content you know i I think there is something to the the uh scope of how it affects other humans i hear what you're saying dude i hear what you're saying and i'm so mad about it dude i know i can tell i can tell but i totally respect that i get what you're saying for sure i am not someone who often likes to poke that particular line so uh, yeah, I mean, of course, people can do what they want to do and, and art and expression. and, and Please do whatever you want to do. Yeah. But, but. yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I think we probably I think you and I probably agree more than we disagree on that one. I think I'm probably with you on that one. So, well, now we're going to roll right into one more controversial thing. Yeah, and then we we're going to go the closing the closing thing. So, like you said, uh, I made my uh, statement about why Joel Miller is not the most evil character in all of video games last week. And I had I had examples and I, uh, that I took from the show. Uh, and speaking specifically of the show, not the game, just how they portrayed it in the show. Uh, so I feel like I laid out a case for um, for Marlene to be someone to be really looked at more than she looked at. And also just to give Joel more of a chance, because, again, like when the game dropped, people were coming out with their hot takes and being like, Joel, this and Joel, that. And I'm like, I get what you're saying, but I feel like you're only looking at half the picture. So I, if you want to hear my whole spiel, I did that last episode on the solo show. Uh, you can catch that at the end. So, Carlos, you listen to it. What was what was your takeaway after listening to that uh, that that bit last episode? Well, I've already went on a soapbox and I have no more uh, like voice left. But um, everybody, go back and listen to your thing because I think it was a good take and it, you really went into it for a while. You were by yourself. You had the whole you had know, the whole show. Had the whole show. But um, I just want to say two things. As um, I don't know if it's agreeing or disagreeing, or whatever it is. But oh, wait, I think they're both disagreeing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have two disagreements. So. All right. I agree with a lot of what you said and the fact that, um, you know, he isn't the most evil person in the world and doomed the whole society. And uh, he it made a lot of sense for him to um, battle for her if she had no choice, if she had no idea what was happening to her. 
Yes. It makes sense that he would go try to save her. Done. Yes. yes. So we agree on that. Makes sense. We agree. Yes. And it's like crazy. You don't just kill some woman by not let her know you're going to kill her. Like, that's crazy. Yes. So yes to that. The only thing specifically is, in Carlos's opinion, he 100% didn't have to shoot the doctors because other bad guys have guns. Totally get it. They're all going to kill him if he doesn't kill them. Got it. Sure. He goes in and shoots the fucking doctors? Like, that doesn't make no sense. He's strong. He can hit hit them in the head with a gun. He can knock them out. I just think that's bonkers. So I disagree with him shooting the doctors. Sure. Also, they're doctors, I don't know, in a world like you, maybe they're not going to make the cure, but you just don't shoot the doctors. Sure. And then the other thing, because, again, he can knock them out totally fine. The other thing is um, – Oh, it was the same thing. It was just the fact that uh, oh, it was a lying bit. Yeah, which you agreed with me too. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't care for that. No I think one that was, should yeah. lie. Like Agreed. lying is bad. Agree. Agree. Uh, and also at that point, like they're all free. They're all you know safe. I think he could have had a heart to heart with her. Yeah. And be like, listen, they were going to kill you. All the your points. They're yeah, going to kill you. Just, he should have said the facts. That would have yeah. been fine. Yeah. And I did. I don't know if there's a cure. Maybe we can go back and talk. You know, we can figure it out. And maybe you still have something that can cure people. Like, there's just a better way to say that statement. Right, right, So right. I fucking hated the lying, and there's no reason to shoot doctors. Other than that, I agreed with a lot of it. Just as a quick counterpoint, I, I get why you think that about the doctors. And I, I kind of agree, but at the same time, it's one guy. He's in a building. He needs to get in and out quickly. He can expect some resistance from the doctors and the nurses. He needed just to get her. So the safest course of action, just take them out because that way it'll, it'll guarantee less resistance. So I get why he did it. I can also see your case of why he should have done it. Um, so, I mean, six of one, half dozen, the other, I guess. That was his choice in the moment, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, I think just in general, we're, we agree on the lying. And he should have just been like, I mean, I think just telling, just telling her what actually happened would have been enough because I think it was pretty terrible. Yeah, it would have um, been fine. So, yeah, yeah. it would have been fine. So. All right. All right. I have no more uh, voice left. There we go. Epic episode. Glad to have you back. We uh, really uh, cranked one out for the folks. I hope people enjoy your return. Uh, Folks, uh, send us your questions. Send us your comments about this episode or any other one. Hit us up. SoVideoGamesPodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at SoVideoGames. We're on Instagram at SoVideoGamesPodcast. But you can also reach us individually. Carlos. Where are you directing your traffic this week? Um, Carl Swiddell on TikTok, Carl Swiddell Comedy on Instagram. That's it. All right. As for me, uh, on basically any of the social media platforms except Facebook, because fuck Facebook, it's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's. And that is going to do it for episode 329. Thank you once again for joining us here on the So Video Games Podcast. And we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>